As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Loads of people on YouTube have watched The Tax Man, McIntyre's Underworld. It's got over 3 million views right now. Multiple documentaries out there. We are honored to have the legend on today, Brian Cockerell. I'm a huge fan, by the way. I'm a huge fan. With Wildman co-interviewing. And Wildman's been telling me about Brian long before we organized this podcast. And it's just blown my mind watching what he's been through. We're talking... Not just taxing people, but near murders, um, kidnapped. Brian was kidnapped, um, bombs going off, guns, just just everything is going to be in this interview. But a lot of my viewers are out of America. They're probably wondering what the hell is a tax man because they might be thinking that's someone who works for the Inland Revenue Service, you know. <laughs> yeah. Can you expand on what a tax man is? They live for living down and street him. <laughs> <laughs> well, a tax man is a bit... Have you, have you ever heard of Genghis Khan? Yes. Well, he was probably the best warrior of all time, and he used to go around taxing, and he would go into a place like villages and say, if you give me £50,000, I'll look after you and make sure everything's all right. So what we started doing, me and my pal Lee Duffy, who's passed away now, he was, he was uh, stabbed and shot to death. Uh, we'd go and tax drug dealers. And to me, the fair game, you know, because... Who selling, could they tell? They can't go to the police, could they? Well, to tell you the truth, I'm the first person in British history to be arrested. We allegedly taxed a drug dealer of a kilo of coke and he went to the police and the armed response come, there were 17 of them, I remember at the time, and they said, uh, Brian, open the door to the police, open the door, and... Uh, I wouldn't, but they won't kick the door in because I'm down for firearms, they say. Yeah. So they're out there with these um, Azuzi troopers that were out and they're all stood outside with the guns. Come out, come out. In the end, I went out and got arrested. And I was arrested for armed robbery for taking drugs off a black lad from Jim, uh, Nigeria, bringing him into the country. And I've taxed him, but when it went to the court, the judge said, how could this go to the court? He's bringing the drugs in and they're taxing him off and it's just never heard of. So it was the first person ever in history to be done for it. Holy shit, so yeah. the judge didn't kick it out? It just got kicked out, yeah, got kicked it out. Got it, kicked it, out. it got kicked out? Completely. It got kicked out, completely. Completely got kicked out. They said, how can you take this to court? But it, there was no proof in the end, it, 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 nothing. But uh, yeah, I was arrested for that time, response, yeah. People watching this are thinking, he robs drug dealers. Drug dealers, some of them are quite organised gangsters. They've yeah. got weapons, they're ready for people to rob them. Yep. What does it take to be a good taxman? A lot of balls, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of... Uh, 
you've got a lot of strategy and all. You can't just walk it. Well, if you, but when I used to be really duffy, we used to always have the key. He said, what's the key? I said, my size 12 foot. I said, the door always comes in with that. So, yeah, we used to tax them. You, you might go out all day and you might get a couple of grand sometimes. But see, in, years and years ago, when we were doing it in the uh, early 90s and uh, the, the early 80s, there was just cannabis mainly about then, so it was was easy to do because you could you could it was in bulk, you know. <clears throat> pardon me, and you'd get like maybe ten k, and you'd sell it on to somebody else for twenty grand or something, and they'd get twenty three or something. But twenty grand then, probably like fifty grand now, but it was easy to do. But the, what, what it was with them days, there was probably fifteen twenty big dealers in every town. But now there's a dealer on every single street, and they've probably bought half an ounce. So you'd be kicking five hundred dollars in, coming on with a couple of hundred quid. So it's yeah. not worth the tax and has gone. It's a bit like Jesse James and um, the James Gang robbing stagecoaches on horseback or trains on horseback. It, it has it with technology now. It's changed, but there's that many plastic gangsters now. They're all selling it, especially with the, the tunnel open now to Europe, which links, so it's easy to bring through. So, but when we used to tax them, we just go to the door. We oh, you need at least three. You need a driver. <coughs> you need one at the back and one at the front. And we go at the door, but when I'd lead, it was mainly Duffy arguing with the best two fighters in the country at the time, and they'd look and just give us the money. We didn't have to give them good. We never give good hands out, you know. The odd person got thrown the boat in the car or things like that, but they give us the gear. How yeah. did you get your intelligence on who to rob? Because people would be scoring, like, say, Tommy Smith would say, Johnny Jenkins is selling, he's selling, he's selling. I saw a sweet tech. Or you could get somebody like, uh, like say, you would, say, you just. Uh, hypothetically speaking, you were the dealer and you were going to give um, 10, 10 key to him. He's, uh, he's, he's dropping 10 key at 10 o'clock tomorrow. So I'll say, well, I'm going to have to give you a bat in the eye, but I'll give you two key for doing it. And I'm getting eight. And he's getting a bat in the eye, getting a black eye, but he's getting two key. So he's making maybe five grand or something. And I'm getting the gear. So there's different ways of doing it, you know. Now, you've made it sound like it's quite a smooth operation, but yeah. I imagine sometimes it went wrong. Yeah. Got any stories there? <laughs> I'll tell you a very, very funny one. I went to do a tax to this house one night, and it was these black lads selling because a lot of the, the um, yardy lads were coming from like Liverpool, Wales, Manchester, um, um, London, that because they've only been a little place, Middlesbrough. There's not as many places and not as many cameras, so so they were selling the houses. So I goes to this house. There was two black lads in. The one had a screwdriver. I thought I'll do him. I'll knock him out and bang him. Anyway, I knocked him out and grabbed the gear off the other one. But there was two big fat girls. I said, "Hey, big like Jamaican type girls." with a blanket on them and they were sat there and I thought oh, well, they've, they've got nothing to do so anyway I was, I'm getting a gear I turned around she CS gassed me and I went fucking hell I couldn't see her nothing anyway <gasps> and then one had a knife and anyway I had to pick it up I couldn't see and I had to pick it up and use it as a shield to get out of the house and they phoned the police on me and the police gave them an escort back to Leeds with the crack in the pockets it's unbelievable, honestly. Wow. The police, oh, you've got to go, bro. But I'm outside pouring water in my eyes because my eyes are absolutely, that's the ass gas. Yeah, so it doesn't always go to plan sometimes. And they were bonnie lasses too, like. Pardon? They were big girls as oh, well. Oh, they were big girls, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a funny story. But uh, yeah, we, we've had some beauties. I mean, I remember Lee Duffy telling me a story. He, he said, he went and else he was going to the lad. Where's your game? He kept stepping over this carpet and... Where's the gear? He's saying, where's the fucking gear? And the lad gave him 5,000 acid. And Lee was stepping over 10K. There was 10K on the floor with a carpet. <laughs> and he kept stepping over it, looking at all the house. The and where the gear, it was under his feet. You know, you can't see anyone for the trees type of thing. So, yeah, that's another one. But, uh, yeah, we had some beauty. I went to a caravan once and uh, you can smell speed. 
straight away, open the door, cat like cat piss. Yeah. Found it uh, 36 grand with the speed. I've took 50 grand with the E. I've took 250 grand with the cash, allegedly. <laughs> and uh, we've had uh, 10 grand, 20 grand. We, we, we bought an iron bar one day, which is an, a soap bar to people who don't know of cannabis. And it comes in nine, so it's like four to add up to 36 ounces. So anyway, it's... We had to buy one, so I put loads of bags of sugar in this bag. And this lad said, oh, have you got, you got the test? I said, oh, hold on, mate. Hold on. Give him the nine bag and he tests it. Oh, fucking brilliant. So he gives the money and I've given him the bag. And he hasn't had time to look at the bag and we've gone with the money, you know what I mean? So we've had some beauties, yeah. How yeah. many years were you a tax man? Oh, 30 years, really. 30 years? 30 years. What kind of injuries have you sustained oh, over oh, your well, career? I've been stabbed. I've been shot at. We went to have a fight at, um, with some lads at Redco once. And when we got there, Bruce Yorsey was there, Vulture, a few other friends of mine. And we got there, there was about 12 of us, and there was about 30 of them. So we got out, went to a fight, and here's a bang, 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 and these firearms going off. I thought, they're blanks, they're just blanks. Yeah. Turned round, all the fucking lorry, where it's not like they, the, the, the van we were in, all the windows were smashed. And I was, I'm about 21, 21 and a half stone now, but I was 24 then, and the lad behind me was 12 stone, he got shot, shot in the arm. So. Yeah, so it's not not as easy as you think sometimes, but uh, most of the times it was just uh, we'd have people known when they're getting gear dropped off or when it was cover type of thing, so we'd just take it off them. Like you said, what can they can go to the police, but yeah. So once you got the merch, you got like big quantities of merch. How are you distributing that then? Um, some of the times somebody just buy it one lump. You might have 50 grand on a gear and just say, well, just give us 40 grand and they can sell it on, so it's gone. You know, but uh, never with heroin. I've, had, I've took heroin off Peter. I've just threw it down the drain because I, I hate the stuff. Dirty my, drug, I isn't hate it? the stuff. My brother died of it. He, he was a heroin addict and he hanged himself through it. You know, it's just horrible stuff. I don't like it. I don't like it. And where, where, where I live, Ingleby Barwick, I mean, I don't talk to police, but I go, all right, like, off, sorry, you know, like, just to keep the peace type of thing. And uh, one came to my house and said, oh, there's been about 17 burglaries on the end the last night. Within two hours, I got all the stuff back from all the houses, the cars, the keys, everything was all got back. So I do good for the community. So How did you do that? I just found out who it was straight away. Within 10 minutes, I knew who was doing it. But when I went to, I had a fight with a big lad called the Iceman. He was six foot 10, 26 stone, ex Marine. And uh, I beat him in a fight and he grasped me up and got done for attempted murder. You up? Yeah, he went to the police. I've got the, I've got the full statement and uh, goes to the police on me. I got remanded. And uh, they had started the fight. They had a machete. They kidnapped me, mate, and attacked him, hit him on the head with a machete. Split his head open with 23 stitches, stabbed him. And I've run down the street. So I'm leaving alone. You killed him. So I kicked the door in. But when I kicked the door, all the bricks fell in through the wall. So I've gone in the house. And this ice man's trapped. He called me ice man. He couldn't get out because the door was locked. He had to go. So I punched him and dropped him. And I picked my pal up. Picked him up, took him outside, tried to fight this ice man. He wouldn't fight me. And he could hear the helicopter come because we were there about 20 minutes. Anyway, the next minute. Uh, They've made statements, but they've made, because they haven't had time to get the statements together, they've all six different people made six different versions. There was eight there, there were six there. I said, how oh, can you get six people in a car? Because you one another. Exactly, mate. But yeah. what happened is the police just withheld all that. And what happened is, what got me off is there was, was an old lady and an old man in the late 60s made a 999 phone call. Now, when you make a 999 phone call, it's recorded. Yes, yeah, it's it, it said, uh, oh, there's a big black lad hit a, a lad over the head with a machete, but it wasn't. It was a little samurai sword. Oh, they've dragged him in the house. So there's the attempted murder and kidnapping. So nothing happened to them. The neighbours next door phoned the police and said, 
we've got the weapons, what they used on Brian Cockrell and Christopher Curry. They said, oh, we don't need them. That, that, that was the place, didn't want to know. And um, I was remanded for 110 days. But the um, when it went to court, the judge had the, the statement of the, the lady saying, uh, there's a big white lad running down the street. Oh, he's he kicked the door. He shouted, leave alone, you killed him. So while I tell him my statement, it's quite, was the same as what she said. So the 999 phone call got me off, so I got, got out. <laughs> but when I was in jail, I went to jail and I was in there. And it was Mr. Davison, who was a, was a screw in there, a nice man, Mr. Feeney. They wanted me to get 10 years. I said, 10 cheeky bastards. He said, no. He said, because for three months, three and a half months, there's not been one fight, not been one bit of trouble. Yeah. And there's a bit of trouble on the yard. I went, behave. Then they all just stopped straight away. So, <laughs> but, but when I was there, I used to do talks to kids about burgling people's house. I said, you can't burgle somebody's house because if you burgle someone's house, even if they're millionaires or not, I said, they could have a little trinket like that left from the grandma. And that might mean more to them than a million pounds. And I got through to some of them. And there was three in for murder. I said, how long was it before you thought you were going to kill the person you killed? He went, about two or three seconds. I said, what did you get? And then next, I said, how long was it? He said, two or three seconds. How long was it? Two or three seconds. I said, look, one, two, 20 air. One, two, three, 20 air. One, two, 20 air. So for, for seven, seven, eight seconds, 60 years you're doing. And they went, wow, no other people, the screws. And just thought, it was, it, the analogy where I come out with was good, made them realise, but... I say to the kids now, I'm at, I'm at a school on Thursday and I'm going to say the same type of thing I'm saying to you is, why would you want to carry a knife? You're not carrying it to peel potatoes, are you? No. And if you're carrying a knife for, to show off and you get into a fight, you're going to pull that knife in rage and you're going to stab someone and kill someone. And you're not just going to kill yourself. You, you're not just going to kill them, you're going to kill yourself because you're going to go to jail for life. So you've ruined your family, you've ruined his family. And you, you know. It's and also, like more to the point, you got some people carry knives and they won't ever use it. It's because the guy sees you with a knife, he'll use it. Well, that's what happened with Lee Duffy. Yeah. That's how Lee Duffy did. Alo wasn't carrying a knife. Somebody threw a knife down for him and he stabbed Lee Duffy to death, you know what I mean? So that's what happens. So if you haven't got that knife, you might get a cut eye, a bust nose, yeah. a bust lip. You get the jail house in the wrong name, go around, apologise, whatever. But if you've got a knife and you stab someone, you go to jail for life. It's I just... was in Acklington, Northumberland in 1993. Yeah. And you need the three main names, Viv Graham. Yeah. Yourself yeah. and Lee Duffy. And like they're the only names. But out of out of all three of them, yours was the most decent one. Because yeah. you'd help the neighbourhood out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well I suppose to fight Viv Graham for twenty grand that Steve Michael says, put the money up. Then somebody else paid him ten grand to fight me and then but never come off. Then there was a fifty grand supposed to come up and never come off. And uh but people used to Lee Duffy used to say it to me that I can I can empty a pub in a minute. I said, I can fill it in a minute. So I'd rather fill it than empty it. I said, yeah. what are you doing, Lee? I said, you, you're pushing the, li- out the, the limits now. You're hitting idiots, you're hitting people. I said, it's a bit the analogies like Barcelona and Real Madrid, best football team in the world. Would they come, come, come to play South Bank United or Stockport United? They wouldn't, they wouldn't do it, you know. So you're hitting people that are just nobody, so you get a name as a bully then. But instead of you like to fight in fifth grade, did you ever think about getting together and running a bigger circle? I tried to do that with the Conroys and the Sairs and everyone else and all up there and just like, a bit like the Mafia did to do in the old days when yeah. they all got together. I said, there's plenty, I got with the Indian Bureau and people like that and run the doors 
And I said, said if everyone looking over each other's shoulder, why don't we all work together? And we all could be, instead of making two, three grand a week, we could all be making ten grand a week each. I said, and do it legal. But there's bad blood between certain families. This won't, won't, yeah. won't, won't have it, you know. You can't, you can't not always make it good, can no, you? No, no, no. Some people just won't listen. And some people, like me, some I'm not bothered about if I've got trouble I've got to sort it out I've got to sort it out but yeah. I'm not one of them people who go around looking for trouble I'm walking into a pub and say you're all doing that bye long good son how are you doing all right mate and make them feel at ease straight away where Lee or, or Viv Gray would walk and be staring at people and, and that, that that wouldn't make people out at ease and they'd walk out they'd be frightened and I've been I've been in a five or six pubs at New Year's time Christmas and they've come on and given me a bottle of champagne and said the best night we've ever had there's not been one fight and he said, we've took more money tonight than we, we, we had any year through you, BDS, so there's no trouble. I've seen loads of falsehoods with Lee Duffy, and he looks more like a pretty boy. He doesn't look like a fight. I know he is a fighting Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know yeah. He is, but to yeah. look at him, you wouldn't think nothing, would you? No, really? no. But he was only 26, you know, so he was, and he did a lot of jail, you know, a hell of a lot of jail. Yeah. So he wasn't, he wasn't in as many fights outside that he was when he was inside, you know what I mean? But... A lot of people say you got to look at him down. He was a pretty boy, wasn't he? So yeah, he, he, he hasn't been caught. So when you get caught a lot, obviously your face get messed up a bit. When I was a kid, I used to look at people full of tattoos and broken nose and all that. Oh, he's had, but it doesn't mean now like that. You never judge a book by its cover. You know, I remember meeting a man called Frank Atherton. He was in his sixties, and he used to be a lightweight boxer from St Helens. And he'd be, all right, love, and he'd talk like that. Yeah. He sounded gay, but he wasn't. Yeah, 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 all right, yeah. love, that. All right, Chuck, and all that. And I was like, what are you? And one night, boom, boom, I seen him. I took 16 stone lads out, like lightning speed. And, and he taught me the boxing. He was like, Mickey, with Rocky. Yeah. Like that. But, you see the guys with the broken nose, they're all like me. Well, that's when man broke three times. These were too slow to get away from the punch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, it is, of course. But, uh, yeah, you, you can't, you can't have... You, I've had fights for lads who were 12 stone struggled. I've had fights with lads. I've had a fight with a lad called the dentist. He was six foot eight, a bit like um, the boxer Tyson Fury. Not as good as him, but his type of build. And he came in, and in the old days, you used to have a thing, pound piece supper. It was called. You could stay until one o'clock, but you could only serve till eleven. So people would buy like say four drinks. And he asked, "You can't get in, mate." And he said, "I'm coming in." Big deep voice, loads of gold, big beard. Anyway, he called him the dentist because he hit with the big right hand, knocked your teeth out. So yeah, I got the dentist. Big, big name, but top fighter. Anyway, he come in, I caught this right up, I caught left up, and he had to go to the fucking dentist. So, <laughs> yeah, we've had, uh, we had some fun on the doors. But, uh, Pie and pea supper. I remember yeah. what it was like. I was having Stotties. Yeah, it was an old, an old thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, a lot of people watching this have not heard of Lee Duffy. I'm familiar with him. Yeah. Peter's known about him for years. Yeah. As his crime partner, can you just tell what Lee Duffy's story is? Well, Lee Duffy was bullied as a child. He started boxing. He boxed with um, Marty Turner, who's, who's here today. With us. He, he, he talked about the box. And he boxed um, Laura Lancaster. She talked about a box. He was, he was a judo champion, world champion. Uh, and he took box with John Black, who I boxed with. And he, it, when he was a kid, he got bullied. But when he got to 16, he started becoming a big lad. He was yeah. like 16, but he had a build of a 20-year-old, you know, big legs. And I've, I've got this theory... People with big legs have got the big punches. He's like Prince Nazim, Mike Tyson, George Foreman, um, um, what do you call Lee Duffy? He had big legs. All these ones with big legs seem to have that big punch because the power comes from your legs. But Lee was an exception. Better, he was a better boxer than me, but he wasn't a better street fighter than me. You know, no. he, in the ring, he beat me all day long, but in the street, when he hit me, I was talking. What happened is he's walking down the street and uh, 
John Black said to me, oh, I said, oh, I'll, I'll introduce it Lee when he gets out. So my mate was just being Kev Kilt. He said, oh, there's Lee Duffy there. I said, oh, I'll, 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 I'll see if he's talk to him, because I'm Brian there. So it was one of them, Lee, though. He hit you on a slide, you know. So I stood talking to him. So it's like me talking to you now, but his mate had a bottle, call him John Phil. And Lee hit me with his right hand, or left hook, whatever it was. And I hit the floor. And I've seen a welding flash, you know, like, woof, flash, fucking hell. And, and that was like, that, that was the version of getting knocked out, nearly. I hit the deck, but I was square on then. I just stood like that, and if you yeah. get it, you go down. I've learned my lesson since then. And I was a bit naive because I was only 26, but I'd never been in trouble or nothing. I'd just done training. And uh, Lee Duffy was in out of jail fighting and all the stuff. So anyway, he put me down, but I had 36 inch thighs. I was squatting 800 pounds and benching 630 pounds. So when he tried to grab me, I'd recovered in them when I got him on the floor. I, I, I headbutted a few and I elbowed him. His mate hit me with a bottle. I picked him up, threw him over the car. And then we were fighting the street, picking bollards out the ground, hitting them with like metal bollards. And it went on. Then I went to fight him again. And, and anyway, well, he, ended, words, he, he, ended, he ended up being friends with me. He phoned me up and said, Can we end up being friends? Because you're hanging around with slinks. If we get together with the best fighting force together, we can make a right. You've just said about getting together. Yeah. So we got together. And the first day we got together, we made £15,000 in one day. So that was in 1991, you know. So it was just ridiculous. In Home House and in Stockton on Seas, it, it, it was your name as number one, basically. Yeah. But then it was... I think Duffy and Viv Graham at the time had their own beefs roundabouts. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. There were... Well, I... I, I, I like I say, Viv Graham had no malice towards me. He wanted to be friends with me. He wanted, but Viv Graham was one of them people you go out for a drink and you'd stand there and he'd punch you and all he's another one and you had to watch where Annie Buell goes to the legend you must have heard of from Sunderland. Yes, yeah, Sunderland. Absolutely fantastic like me. You could be drunk, you could be off your head on here, you could be ever, whatever you are and Annie would look after you so you knew you were safe. Peter Rose, another good top fighter. You may it was too, the little Scottish guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get people when they take liberties. Why would you want to do that to someone? It's wrong, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. If you want to, my, my 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 thing is this: if you want to have a fight with me, come and meet me on the field. Yeah, six o'clock in the morning, no police about. You'll bring your mate. I'll bring my mate, and whoever wins, well, it's fun. The same when I had the straight there with Allo. Allo killed Lee Duffy. Yeah, I destroyed Allo. The three of them tried to pull me off him. They couldn't get me off him, and I destroyed him in the fight. But he came up to me and shook me and said, oh, "You beat me." And it, it's been forgotten about. But with Allo, is that going to pass the knife? No, Allo was the one who stabbed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lee King passed tonight. But Allo, truth to be told, Lee was bullying Allo. He kept going, looking for him, looking for him yeah. all the time. And if you keep pushing someone in the corner, it's like, uh, like a rabid dog, like, like a dog, if you're kicking it all the time, the dog's going to bite back. So I, I think that's what happened in the end. But uh, yeah, that, that's what. But we were partners, tax and dealers, and he got me into it in a way to show me what we do because I didn't have a clue, you know. But uh, yeah, we've we done it for a long time. But I, I, got, I, I had a fight with a lad called Steve Murphy. I broke his jaw in a, a kebab shop and I got remanded for three and a half months. While I was in jail, Lee got stabbed to death. I got I found out. What was the beef between Viv and Lee? Uh, I just think, like, they had the, the beef because who wanted to be the best in the North East type of thing. But they forgot about me. Were you his crime partner when they had the beef? Were you Lee's crime partner then? It was, it was roughly, a, yeah, in a way, yeah. He, he had a beef with it. But what he said to me, Lee, is we, we ended up on the crack. I don't tell lies. We got some, first time we ever had coke, I was 20, 26 and a half, 30 year old. And we got some, we took 700 pounds of someone. We went to Gator, we got some uh, coke, and it was with a Craig Howard. And he rocked it up in this test tube thing. We had this crack. 
And I had to go and I was like, fucking hell, I don't know, I'm off my head here. And I got a little bit paranoid because Lee was there. He was going, go on the pads, Brian. He, he took me on the pads. He went, you defy the laws of, uh, of uh, physics. He said, you can't be that big and be that fast, but he is. And I was hitting the pads and I was like, lifted him off his feet and he was going, fucking hell. And Craig I was doing it, but... When you you know about boxing, when you what you when you it's the fast punches yeah. that you don't see that, that knocks you out. If you throw them big, you can see them just move all the way. Of course yeah. you can. So he's trying to throw these big windmill things, and when you try when you try to punch, punch as if your hands are light, not heavy. So bang 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 bang, fast fast hands, and uh, he was punching like he was benching five hundred pounds, which he's not going to get no no generate no. no power. So they said, "Watch Brian." I went on the pad. He said, "Just phenomenal." He said, "Can I just say something?" I thought he was going to have a fight with us at the time. He went, "You know that day?" He said, "You beat me." You know, he said, "He said, he said for six weeks I couldn't sleep." He said, "I got beat." He said, "I knew he'd been beat." He said, "He said that it was awful." He said, "But that, I had to accept it." You know what I mean? Something as that. But he told the truth, Lee. He, it's he was, good to be friends, isn't it? Of course it is. We were best of friends. I remember. When I trusted him, I didn't trust him because he had that punch to put you down. I thought, yeah. I don't want to get that again. So I kept the way, I'd keep my chin down near me here when I was talking to him. And then one night we went to the uh, Havana and we had, he gave me one of these ecstasy. They were from here, from Liverpool, they're called biscuits. And he gave me half a biscuit. And I thought, what's these? I know, mate, gullible. And I took it and I went, well, no, well, yeah, I'm still like that. I'm cabbage to <laughs> All loved up. All loved up. Yeah. But, no, but I'm like, like I, I can't move. I'm going, fuck it. Up. Anyway, he's doing the Cossack dance and dancing and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and fucking, I'm stood there, me thinking, what the bloody hell. Anyway, the next minute he goes, come here, you big bastard. I love you. And he gave me a kiss on the cheek. And we were in a little po- polo, I think they called little po- po- polo valley of the column. We're on one of them. The side, he was like 17 stone, now it's 24 stone. Yeah. And we look like Fred Flintstone and Ben Back. <laughs> <laughs> we grabbed around. Anyway, we goes to this club. And I thought, he, he could kill me now. Nice at me. And he went, I love you, big fella. He, he said, that day I, I threw that punch, I feel an asshole. He said, you're the best lad I've ever come across. I know you'd give your life for me. And I'd give my life for you. He said, that's how, how good we are. So it was really, really, really It's good, good to be like that with yeah, someone. Course, it's good. Yeah. And it's good to have someone like to have you back. He used to say, United, United, you stand, divide, we fall. He used yeah. to say, you know, he was a really nice lad. But but he told the story about the fight we had to, for a few people told the truth, you know. But you get other people, oh, this happened and that happened and that. But you can never stop people talking crap. You yeah. got, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth or not as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why did he get killed in the end? I think, like I say, he was he was going around. He was pushing it too much. He was he got shot. I think for some lads from Leeds shot him, and he got shot again. And then he had another attempt. That I was in jail with a lad. He went and bought a gallon of petal and threw a gallon of petal on him and tried to set him alight. Now listen, this is unbelievable. This Lee went boom, punched him, knocked him out. And he's got a match going to set him alight, and Lee got remanded. How do you work that one out? <laughs> So he got remanded. What happened to self-defence? Yeah, fucking, he's got a match. He's covered in a gallon of petrol. And he stood there with the match, but the matches wouldn't take. So he st- st- struck him, type of thing, knocked him out, broke his jaw, and Lee got nicked. But the lad dropped the charges to tap of the call. I was next door. To him. It was actually him who told me Lee had been killed. It was uh, Saturday, Sunday morning. He, um, he's got in the uh, a visit. And he said Lee Duffy's been stabbed to death. I bet you were gutted, weren't you? Yeah, I was because I wouldn't have got the funeral and that because it'd be pal, but they would let me go, obviously. But uh, but but when I was in there. Durham, uh, it was horrible in them days, you know, they were fucking yeah, horrible dungeons. cunts. So I was in there and there was a, a, a school who was called Robson and uh, 
I always read the rule book, mate. You know, but I, I said we had them take a DVD that was them, was a video, sorry, yeah. not the, the video every three days. Oh, you can't have one because of section. I said, oh, look, a section, paragraph five, paragraph six, whatever it was, page two. We entitled it Home Office approval. No, no, no. I said, well, fuck, come on. Then I offered to fold them out. So anyway, about. That was safe, I think, the Friday on the Sunday. There must have been oh, like, do you mean like a movie in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Week, yeah, you? yeah two weeks, aren't you? Yeah, two Thank you very much. He's saying I was wrong. I know I was right anyway. Coming on about 50 handed, and they were all mustied up. I went, fucking come in here, come in. But I was huge at the time. I went, I'll punch that glass visor right through the back of your skull. And he was just going, are we bright, please? Are we please? Anyway, in the end, I was with Tomo, the lad. He was a boxer. I walked out and I sat. They were from one wing to another. There was a whole lot of them. And I was in, saying, you need to polish your shoes. You need a shave. You'll get your hair cut. I was inspecting like a, <laughs> a general. Looking at torture them anyway. So they put me in the fucking cell. They put me in the cells. And uh, anyway, the lads, 176 lads, sat down in the yard. They wouldn't come in. I said, we're not coming in until Brian gets off the block. So anyway, after so many hours, some come in. But then they went, they went on the roof. They smashed millions of pounds with the damage to the jail. It just shows you how much power. And that was in the Newcastle jail. That's not my jail. I'm, I'm from the Borough, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, 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 had the, I had the power. So the anyway, Henry's, by the way. No, yeah. they're not they like Middlesbrough and Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Newcastle. They're, they're all enemies, yeah. type of thing. And, and uh, Red Car, too. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all stood there. And they, anyway, they went on the roof, smashed it up. Anyway, Douglas Heard, the Home Secretary, came in a helicopter and uh, he got got them down the end. But yeah, that's another true story, yeah. It was rife down there. It was um, a lot of them pills, all the sausage was taken. Temajesic. Tam, 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 tammy's, Tammy's, yeah, and, and now it's there. Like Subatex. Subatex and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 I was never into drugs in jail, mate. All I did is train, train, train. Yeah. What was your workout routine in jail? Well, what it was, they wouldn't let me go to the jail at first. Um, the, the, I, went, I went in the home house. When I got, well, I went, what, what happened is I got, got a chase off the police and I got away and it was 17 police, I'm, I'm respond cars of police. So I got away, I handed myself in. So it was only dangerous driving. Yeah. I'd never been in trouble. So I goes up in front of the judge. They remanded me for it, straight away, for the driving offence. There was a kid in for 15 different, the same type of thing, 15, got 3-1. And I got 30 months. And I, and I got arrested for I broke a lad's jaw. And they come for me. Anyway, I ran down the stairs. I was running down the stairs when the cop was grabbing my legs. And he fell, obviously, both of us fell. And then we fell into another police officer. So I was done for two assaults on mm. two police. But I, I, I fucking, do you know what the, 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 the injury was? A half-inch scratch on his, on, his, on his wrist and a broken watch. I got three months for that. But the judge said to me, and like, as, as you know, I'm not stupid. My IQ is 134. I've been tested by yeah. Vincent. Uh, he said to me, I find it very astonishing, Mr Cockle. You haven't been to jail before. I said, can I just ask, ask you a question, Your Honour? I said, how can you find that astonishing when you can only go on with the evidence you've got in front of you, which is, I've been done for, I've no letter for it on a motorbike, and that's it. I said, so how can you find that? Obviously, you've been talking to police officers behind closed doors. Sit down in my courtroom and say that. <laughs> but I have been, I've been too pedestal, you know what I mean? But I was right, and he said, you have your views about me, and I have my views about you. Well, that's biased, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's supposed, yeah. Really, it's supposed to be like a referee. It's like seven... It's like Liverpool. He's not supposed to have a view against It's like you. Liverpool and Everton playing and having an Everton uh, manager, uh, uh, referee. referee. Yeah, 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 it just happens, yeah. does it? It's bullshit. No. But uh, I did be jail, and uh, but the cops gave me a deal. I said, if you grass, if you work for us, we'll let you out. We'll get. I said, fuck off. He said, but well, nobody'll know. I said, I'll know. 
and you'll know. And that's uh, you know that got, food was yeah. decent in home house. I liked it though. Yeah. In Acklington, it was shit, but I got in the kitchens. They wouldn't let me in there. They'd back me out. So he's not coming in here. Well, what they try to do? They try to get me down the block. Twenty throws. I just threw them all over. And they couldn't get me down the block, and then one one grabbed me and just picked it up in the air like that. I was in the air like that, and he would say, I can't get him down, we can't get him, because what they do is they get, one gets your arm there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. One gets your arm here, yeah? so you've got two there, and two on the other side, and one pushes your head down, and I just went, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, you did Yeah, I went, fuck off, and just threw them flying all over the place, and all of that started throwing cakes at them, and everything, it was fucking... I think uh, what I was doing, I think there was another prison, it might have been a Young Offenders... Or it might have even been a PC. Yeah, I was in Acklington North. Yeah, and and there was the one for the women as well. That's correct. The, the women's yeah. well, I can't remember the name of that now. Um, the Acklington was Durham. mad for prison, though. I, mean, I, I come from Walton, you I'll see. I'll tell you what's the worst I one. Come I come from a big castle. This was like the, these little billets. This, this was the worst one for their rats. Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, oh what I, I, yeah. Fucking hell, I was sat in my cell and all of a sudden this fucking big rat ran by. I went, oh yeah, fuck, I don't like rats, mate. <laughs> anyway, I said, the screw, hey, there's rats in here. He said, I know. He said, <coughs> pardon me, he said, I said, why don't you get a rat catcher? He said, well, I've got one. He's, lived in, he's next door and he's doing three months for it in there, last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I was in Liverpool, I was in there and I met uh, some of the lads in, Max, Max Styles and, yeah. and Steve, Steve Connors, I think Connors. it was. Yeah, Steve Connors from this way. They're running the doors and that. And I was, I was supposed to fight him, um, um, but he got shot to death. Irish, Ken McBride was. Oh, uh, yeah, so Ken mean? McBride, I think he was called. Ken Mc, something like I suppose I fight him, and he would never come off anyway. I went, I went to um, Havrick. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Oh, it's a fucking nightmare. The seagulls are that big. I thought if I could get six of them together and get a rope on, and I could get over the fence, you know, <laughs> the, the massive. I think something they were selling because it's the I was only there three days. I was, on, I was in between transport. Well, what happened when I got there? Right, it took five, six hours to get there. So we got there, and I got on the wing, and it was just, it was just. Um, Spring a spaniel with fucking socks on. What the fuck are you? It's walking along, and what it was, because everything was metal. Couldn't hear its paw print, no, its paws. So they'd go at that door and sniff. Right, number two, we'll go there tomorrow because there's drugs. So they had the dog with socks on, 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 on the things. And uh, I'm in this induction, and uh, there was a bench press competition. Yeah. And I, I, hadn't, I, I hadn't been training because I was in there. I, I was in, I went to Home House, and then I went to Durham. But I run Durham and I had too much power in Durham with the screws and yeah. they would leave my door open and they tell you and everything fucking padded everything. So they got me from there to Ackland, they wouldn't have me. Then they sent me to, to Abrick, so I was in there. Well, Ackland and Ivy, did they just straight refuse you? Went, yeah. No, I wouldn't have them, you know, I'd have them here. They can't come here, they said, no, I've no chance. You'd have loved it there, you'd have been a field day for you. 
Anyway, so I goes to the, the Havrick, and that was good because I got a job in the uh, the laundry, and used to get you could do little things, get a phone card. And yeah. That. Anyway, we did that, and I trained. I was doing like two circuits a week, and train on the west five days a week, just just training every day. But what I used to do is I couldn't I used to go in. All the scouts would be in Manchester, and that. I'd be watching Man U play Liverpool, and I'd go in, and there'd be got like, say five or six hundred watching the telly. I'd go black and white, um, African Queen, something like that on the telly. And um, then we i turn on, they'll just keep quiet like that. I deliberately turn a black and white film on just to piss them off. And none of them would say fuck all, you know. But I said, what are you messing about with you? They put on, they used to call me Big Vern. Yeah. It's a Big Vern up the Viz. And he walked around with the chocolate and all that. They used to call, yeah. me, they used to call me Big Vern in there. It, it was funny. But uh, when I was in there, they had a bench press record. And I think I got 77 reps with the 70k or something. But I think somebody else got 33 and I won a big trophy. I was only in five days. But I liked it in there because... You were in billets like that, not like billets like the, the RAF have, where, where, where you're in them. And we used to we used to play cards and daft things like that. And I think that Avrix on it's like on an old like chemical thing. I think that's why the seagulls are so fucking big. Yeah, I think so they're like steroids. It, it, yeah, or yeah, they're fucking huge. Anyway, we, we're on there, but uh, the lads try to have a go. Be and yeah, you know when you're just a fight, you just you just can't help but like breathing. The left don't come in, broke his jaw. So that day, same thing, about 50 screws come, I was in my pad, and they're all outside, the, the screws who do the breakfast and everything, nobody got any breakfast that day, they were all there, every one of them, so, because what happened when I went there? I don't said, know why they tried, you should be honest with you, they fucking, must have knew you by fucking hell. Like. Well, what happened is, when I first went there, I thought, I, I need to stay in here, because it's all right, so yeah. there was a couple of big scouts kids in, there was another one in, I thought, and I thought they fancied, I thought they fancied the chances, you can tell, can you, certain yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So I said, do us a favour, called him Moxie. I said, hold that bag, mate. So I got in the bag, the same as a McIntyre. Went back up my 40 shots. He went, fuck, you'll kill someone if you hit him with one of them shots. So I won the fight without, I threw a punch without having to hit anyone. So psychologically, I used the anger. And I was squatting like 700 pounds. I was fucking benching 600 pounds. Yeah. And they were just, I big fella. I just got what I wanted. I got my own food and everything. So I was all right. Yeah, but you always get one who had to go. But the screws come round and one screw said to me, do you want to end up like Paul Sykes? Charlie Bronson doing life. He said, You're too good a lad, Brian. He said, Are we to get yourself to Liverpool? So I was going to Liverpool. I had a fucking nightmare going here, getting all the butterflies and all that sort of thing. Oh, it's easy going to jail. It's fucking not easy at all. You no, go there. Everyone's got fear when you go to jail. Everyone's got fear when you go for a fight. Anyone tells me, If I have to go and fight some top fighter, you think, I'm fighting Lee Duffy next week. I'm going to win this. And the next day, you think, You think I can beat him? And you, you, your mind plays tricks for you. Every fighter gets it. Every, the top fighters in the world. And people say it to me, It's the butterflies, isn't it? You don't have to you get butterflies because you get it it's like a cement mixer go round in your stomach yeah. that's what I get but what you're doing you're going I beat him I beat him I've done him I've done him I can do this and it's it's like custom artists said what the coward the coward has the same fear as the hero but it's what the hero does makes him a hero and what the coward does makes him a coward well when I've gone to my fights when I've had to fight like different parts of the country I've gone to fight people and I went to one fight that I won all these gyp was with there and knocked it like that out in about 13 seconds. Yeah. And uh, they wouldn't pay the money. So I fucking had to go to come out with shotguns. And I never got an out, so, but, you know. I've, what do you think about that, Paddy? Paddy? Uh, the king of the gypsies now, the, the older guy. Paddy Doherty? Yeah. Yeah, he seems not a nice, doesn't seem, doesn't seem a, a bad bloke. I don't, he seems all right, yeah, guy, doesn't seems, he? I think he's a bit like me, he likes having the laugh and a bit yeah. of fun. But he was on that big brother, he made me laugh, you know, he yeah. seems a nice bloke, yeah. Yeah. Don't say, like, too. Everyone knows who they are, but they don't take too sort of like. You don't come across as like 
I mean, I know you can be intimidating if you want yeah, to, yeah. but you don't try to. No, you know what well, I mean. You don't have. When I say to people, the loudest man in the room, you don't ask the to loudest show it. man in the room is usually the one who can't fight. Yeah, you know, you know. And the thing is, when you've when you've beaten, like say, like I say, like, like analogy, Man United when they were at the best, they're beating all the top fighters. If some daft little kid comes up me, I'll just grab my ankle, lock head one the other day, try to have a go and I'll grab him by the throat and pull him on the floor. But Lee would knock him out, Big Brim would knock him out, but you get no brownie points doing that, and you could kill the kid no. because you're that fucking big. And, and, uh, I'd just grab him and smother him. I'd grab one and put him in a shopping trolley once at a test. <laughs> and just made him, him look like made him look like an idiot. But you, you don't have to, when you, when you beat top fighters, you don't have to go and hit, hit other people. No. And when I'm going anywhere, I'm going, thanks very much for your time, thanks for having a nice day. And, uh, nice speaking to you. Everywhere I go, I'm like that with people. You got old ladies and everything stopping by in the street talking to me. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that, and that yeah, wasn't yeah. just for the camera. That you know. No, no. I mean? Well, there was an old lady not long ago, and she was. I went to the post office with my brother because I'm a care worker for my brother as well, and uh, she's about seventy odd, and she was getting blue all over. It was really windy day. I said, "Yeah, get my arm off." So I got got her up my arm, walked her, I know, a couple of, about hundred yards on the road. She went in and got her money, waited for her to come back out, walked her back to the car. Her husband shook me and he said, oh, thanks very much for what you've done there. I said, no, it's brilliant, but you go to bed and you think I've done a good deed. But I think, I say to people, pay it on. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, I've done something good for you. You'll do something good for somebody else. You don't want to do that to your parents or whatever, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, it's like this this thing, this uh, cold case with McIntyre's asked me to help to find the girl who's gone missing. Yeah. And I said straight away, no problem whatsoever, no money, I don't want nothing. I said, I'll help you all day long, so the, I've got, I'm going to help him with that next year. So it's um, not be worse, could you, if you, your daughter's no. gone missing or something like that. So we're going to try and try and help him get that. That must be a horrible feeling. Oh, right? yeah, horrendous. We had uh, a lady guest on a couple of weeks ago, and she was, uh, one of, she was a policewoman. Right, and she um, she was the whistleblower on the grooming case. Yeah, you know, that horrible grooming stuff. Yeah, and she found oh, out about it. Violent. And she brought it up to some of the main policemen, yeah. and they were just ignoring her. Yeah, it was because it all happens within. It's, I think you know I know think it's a lot of this thing and all with this people the way they're stopping people's money. And there's a friend of mine called Joy Dove, a daughter committed suicide because I stopped her money you know this, these um, when you missed she, she, she was in hospital poorly and she, oh, made, yeah. she, and she missed her appointment so they sanctioned her so she ended up committing suicide through these so. they sanctioned you just like that but well, well there was another lady you've got to sell it to your TV licence your food bill yeah. that doesn't know you've been sanctioned no, no, where does no, the money no. come from yeah, exactly. and then they get in debt yeah. and it could be the wrong fucking well this debt. is my analogy if you're going to get you'll get your money stopped right sanctioned what are you going to do if you've got kids? You're, you're going, going to go out and rob, aren't you? You're going yeah, to rob it. You know. So what's that going to do? It's going to put the crime... Here's another thing that I, I, I think I agree with. I think they should legalise heroin. And before you think I've gone mental... We agree. I, I think you should legalise heroin because it stopped the gangsters. When somebody goes to go out to bur- burgle 20 quid, they smash a window, the locksmiths come out, but they insurance company the police the courts of probation 20 grand or something it costs for 20 quid yeah. so why don't they administrate it the methadone costs more than the heroin so why yeah. don't they administrate it give it to them and that way it's going to alleviate the prison service because 90% of people who go into prison are through drugs and the other thing is the great the flip side to this the Taliban will make no money because no. it's all made through heroin they did it in the late 80s with us in our town yeah. they did it in our town a famous psychiatrist called John Marks he yeah. actually brought the, the synthetic out yeah. and he'd 
people were lining up and taking it. Yeah. But it actually worked, you know what I mean? Of course. And it stopped the well, police and stick, all that. Why would you go rob when you get it for free? Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? And plus, there's no gang, and plus nobody would be overdosing because they'd be taking proper But you stuff. know what was happening then? There was lads coming down from Liverpool, gangsters, and they were robbing the lads from the scripts. And so right, the scripts. right, right, yeah. You're yeah. going to get it everywhere. Yeah. But I was down Atkinson. But if I was stood there, I wouldn't be able to do no. it. No. <laughs> but I was down there, they were like, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from a, a town near Liverpool called Witness. All oh, right, so you're a scouser then. But no, 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 I'm from Witness. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm north. Yeah. Like St. Helens, and, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's a rugby yeah. town. Yeah. All oh, right, okay. And because they have a bad name, and I'm going to ask the word they go for pad thieving. Yeah, whatever jail they're in, you get a yeah, couple yeah. of scousers. Yeah, and they're, they're in your pad, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I stopped that when I was in um, Hamburg. I said, "Listen," I stood on the table. I said, "Listen, stop this fucking robbing each." We're all in the same boat. Yeah. If somebody's struggling for tea bags or coffee, I think he come to me and I'll sort it out. Stop robbing people's stuff. And whoever's took such and such as trainees, get them back. It's fucking it? shite, it's, isn't it? Yeah, that? it's not right. It's not right. You haven't got it. You just ask. You just yeah. ask. Another thing I, I would I do when I'm a firm believer in. I was in jail and there was these two young black lads who were about 22, I think they were twins, nice kids. And uh, there was a couple of big scouse kids in. We're next on the phone. I said, no, you're not. They're next. Yeah. I, 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 I said, they're next. I said, all of a sudden you've got a speech impediment since I'm talking to you. I said, I'll bully you now, see how you like it. I said, go on, son, you're before me. He said, no, you'll be before us, Brian. I said, no, you'll go before me. I, I was, I'm third, you'll be before me. And just because I'm bigger and I'm a better fighter, You've still got to take your turn. You've still got to stand in line. You know what I mean? There's, you're just a bully if you do things like that. There's all different types of bullying. There's not just physical bullying. There's mental bullying and there's just That's, the intimidating the bullying. The intimidating is the worst. Yeah, of course it, it is, yeah. Because them young kids, they might, have, they might have been a really, you know, call to the moment it might have been yeah. really important. And yeah. Just, we had one on yesterday when he first went in. Some guy said, oh, could I use a couple of your credits for your card? He said, yeah. yeah. So he gets the card off him, puts it in. Yeah. The uses it all the way down to nothing, then gives him the card back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he learned, he learned. Yeah, That's yeah. the first time he yeah. went in, he was yeah. 16, and yeah. he learned. It's not nice going to but jail. it's not nice, is hey, it? You go to jail and that door shuts and you get you hear a bit of a fright. I don't care who you are, you think, fuck, I'm in jail here, like a little tiny cell. Oh, and you sat there, and there's and, 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 you know, you had to pee and do your business in a bucket. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking disgusting, wasn't it? How you, you, horrible, though, but, it is, but just notorious, yeah. I think. I mean, pissing and shitting in a bucket. Yeah. It was horrible. And you had to stay in there. All, well, I, I used to hold it in. It was like, but if you had the, the runs or something, you'd be knackered. Yeah. But, um, oh, horrible. And uh, they don't care. They don't care. The screws are a lot better now than they used to be. The old screws have got that mentality, like fucking give them a good eye and everything. But the new ones are totally different. I think they've, they've changed the, the concept of the thing now. They're, they're, they're a lot better. But I... I, I well, I don't I, think the new ones can either, though. I don't think they've got the... Um... The old, the old ones, have, they haven't yeah, got yeah. the aggression, no, you know no, what I mean? No, that's right, yeah, mate. The old ones are like old army, aren't Yeah, they? that's right, because half of them have been in the army, haven't yeah. they? So, or, you know, but what I think is, if you talk to people civilised and be civilised, you get civilised back. But if you talk to people like an animal, people act like an animal, you know. But uh, some people, like you say, you can talk to your blue in your face and you, you can't get nowhere, you know. You can only help someone. It's like me when I was on the crack. I just sort of woke up one day and I had an epiphany. An epiphany, you know, when, when I got yeah. a bright an idea. I thought, I looked in the minute at myself, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Are you crackers? You've spent millions of pounds on fucking shit. 
you sat there, yeah, 18 stone from 23 stone. What are you doing? And I've just got up and I've just never looked back since, you know. I've just, just... Did you get to that stage where you got the carpet and you like you kept on seeing fucking bits of crack? Mate, like, I was... And I was, it could I, be like carpet I, I, fucking stuff. It wasn't just that. I was even thinking my fucking wife was a copper and all sorts. <laughs> I'm not joking. I was looking at her. I watched this programme about robots. I thought, is she a fucking robot? Really? So I started nipping her leg. She wasn't making the noise. I thought, she fucking is one. But I've been on it. I call it cartoon land. When you've been on it four or five days... You're just in like another world. Cartoon land, that's what I call it. You, you don't know where the fuck you're at. And you're looking out the window. You, I remember once I'm at the Cosworth, 40, 50 grand Cosworth on the front. I thought, somebody's pinching me fucking car. So I ran out with a fucking samurai, so I'd scratched all my tyres. Got up the next day, it was my headrests. <laughs> but I had to go pay a fucking 300 pounds with your tyres. I know it's funny, but at the time, it's serious, you know what I mean? And, and I've, I've looked out the window, I thought, Julie's coming here. There's nobody fucking there. It's all in your head, and you get a thing called psychosis on it. Yeah, and you're hearing voices, and even there, and then you look at the telly and think, Julie's watching me. But where you, I put blankets over the telly, you think they can see through the telly? But I would, like, I would look through the mirror. What I'd do is, I'd just, like, I'd look at the bottom of the door. You yeah. say I was staying in a hotel. Yeah, I'd look at the bottom of the door, and like. It's like she was shadow. Made shadow. Yeah. Shadow. Yeah. Uh, you know where I'm coming from, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fucking horrible. And you hear things that you, you hear things that don't even exist. Oh. And the next day you get up and you feel embarrassed, don't you? Especially if you've been with someone. Yeah. And you think, fucking I'm, I'm I'm insane, mate. <laughs> but then it's just the drugs, but it's not nice. And and one one goes too many in a thousand's never enough. I've I've spent Two grand and two days on it, and still wanting to have another go and one another go, another go. You just can't stop. The worst it, of it is, is your first one is you're only really good hit. Yeah, it? you get your first, first two or three go. If you got, if you had like a taint and you've done it in, that's all you need. But yeah. you want another, you think I'll get the same buzz if I get more, I'll have another same buzz. You're just you're chasing the buzz, it isn't going to come. And the thing is, with it, mate, somebody said to me, it's like, it's like it's like the devil's dandruff, and it's that's an analogy of it. It's just horrible, yeah. horrible stuff. I mean, I'm not saying any drugs are good, but that's that. that heroin's the worst, and that's that for there for being because you need, when you have heroin after so long, it's just like drinking water. You need it. Phys- it's doing what I wouldn't take, but in America, I'd be taking all tight. We'd be selling the coke, and we'd add open the fridge, and I'd just have a freezer full of. Just a Ziploc bag to cork and yeah. ease. Crystal meth. Crystal meth. Oh, well. stay up for weeks on crystal meth. Well, 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 yes. Listen, two weeks, free, no sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It disappeared for days. It was breaking bad. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was guarding it, but right. we needed it in the end. It needed to tell me where it was. You should have phoned me and said, Pablo, Pablo's dropped me some off. I'll be wrong tomorrow. Yeah. Fucking hell, unbelievable. Did you try crystal meth? No, never, never even. I've never even seen it. I've never seen it. It's, um, no, I've had, I've had the acid. I've had the, um, I've had a bit of blow, but it doesn't do it out. It makes me just want to throw up. That stuff. What was your acid trip like? Oh, fucking horrible, mate. Horrible. It just wouldn't stop for two days. It was like, like noises, like racing cars going round, and thought, oh, it was horrible. Just horrible, 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 horrible. Were you on your own in the house, or were you out and about? I was or? with a girl, right, and, and she said, what I'd done, I, I had a strip of about somebody I took on the outside, on the little bit. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get that for now, so we had them. I'm driving down Red Cairn, next minute, this fucking girl's walking, but the pram's floating. That's the I'm most like, strongest bit, that, because oh, it's where it's all so Yeah, good. and I'm going, what the... So I, stu- I thought, we'll go for a walk on the beach, so I said, we'll go for a walk, so I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking, for about 20 minutes. 
I turned around and walked for me to that wall. Yeah. Like, walked 20 minutes, honestly, God. It was unbelievable. But I, I was think like, you walk like your ass, you know, not even know that. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? it was just fucking creepy. <laughs> and and but what it was is lack of me works. It's all British Steel, all the lights were And you were like, that's uh, uh, the lights. And, but we used to we used to have the A. The, I'm not saying he's the thingy, but when, when they had the A, you go in, you'd be saying, I know you shot me, mum. I know you killed me, dad. I know you killed me, buddy. But I love you. I love you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the police weren't that bothered until, obviously, the, the, the fucking... When we when, when I had to fight one of the boxing lads, he, uh, we had the fight there, and then we had a second fight, and then we had, I got done for going in with that, that Uzi 9mm, shotguns, yeah. handguns. We went in, opened the back doors up, and I had a fight, broke his jaw in six places, bit his ear off. And I got nicked for it, and I was in the hospital there. Sorry, a week, two weeks later, they set me up because um, I'd beat this lad in a fight. They set me up, um, got a phone call of Tommy Allison, a friend of mine, obviously, bank, and he said, Could you come round to his? I haven't seen you for a while. So I goes to the door, <clears throat> pardon me, and uh, lad come to the door, bit of a bad eye, opens the door, smashed it, smashed it in the head with a hammer. I've got hammer holes all over, I've showed you the stab wounds all over me. Stabbed me up, uh, put a gun in my face, knocked a gun out of his hand, mucked him down, threw one through the, the kitchen uh, door. And the boxer was in the kitchen, and his jaw broke, we were a professional boxer, and he had a pot bread bin. But one of the lads was like, say, four of them on me. They'll tell you the story of the people if you were talking to them. I was like, just throwing them off, like, you know, like a line yeah. those hyenas off. I was throwing them off, they couldn't put me down, and in the end, I slipped on the floor and uh, they were hitting me with baseball bats. You ever see Goodfellas? The film, yeah. Well, not Goodfellas, sorry, yeah, the, the casino. casino. When they batted up the fuck, it was like that. I was getting that, with, like what they got there. And uh, I never had a broken bone in my body because uh, I was that yeah. big. It, it, it was like cushioned, the muscle cushioned it. But I was purple, black and blue. And I thought I'd lost my eye because he had one had a sock. But it was like, um, you know, like uh, a met, not a mesh, um, the stuff you wash the windows with. Uh, Chamois leather, chamois like, leather. like a chamois leather stuff, and he dipped me in the face with that, and it's wrapped around my face, and it popped my eye. I thought I lost my eyeball. Anyway, they ripped me, and, and there was a hole in my head, and it was just squirting on the ceiling. I had to hold, hold it because I thought I'm going to bleed to death here, and I was stabbed all over, stabbed in the stomach, stabbed in the back, stabbed in the legs, and uh, anyway, I got took to hospital, and they said, you know, "What happened to you?" I said, "I was just fell down some steps, but I never made a statement." But the people who did it to me was seen leaving the house because it was on a road where there's a thousand cars go by an hour and uh, they got caught and they got caught with the blood and everything. But I went to court for them, even though they tried to kill me, and uh, went to court and said, that blood off my mate's jeep. I said, it is my blood. I said, I was at his house a couple of weeks ago. I had a fight with someone. I said, I got my nose busted. I said, that's why the blood's in there. So I went to court, got them all off. So they say, that man, some man who went down there, tried to kill him and he yeah, got them off. He said, of. Never ever. He said, but uh, you get these fuckers nowadays getting caught with, like you said, getting caught with a couple of things and oh, he, he did it to yeah. grass each other over nothing. Up, yeah. I'm like, I, I used to watch all the old gangster films as a kid, you know, you know James Cagney and I'm, I'm a top of the old, old And all the old, too old ones. Yeah. And they always went down dying. And who did it? Cop, fuck off, copper. No, yeah. they like that, you know, like that type of thing. So. Um, I, I, I would make a statement to any, against anyone. The only time I made a statement was paedophiles or kids going missing or a, a serial killer or something like that. I would all day long. That's really sad. The police are Andy, aren't they? Really? Yeah. yeah. There's a thing over here in Liverpool. I've read this. It's crackers. This to me. If your number's thirty, if you've got an odd number, yeah, and you get burgled, they'll come out. If you've got an even number, they don't come out. Have you heard of it? 
No, but I would well, well imagine it. It's true, and honest to God. So what's going to happen there? Everyone's going to buy the odd numbers, aren't they? Because they're going to think, well, look, what's <laughs> yeah, buy the house? Yeah. Then, then the even numbers are going to go down. They come up with some bad things. But apparently it's not Liverpool police, millions and millions of pounds. So, yeah. They're even. just lazy bastards, aren't they? Yeah, they're only policing half the fucking town that way, yeah. aren't oh, they? Oh, unbelievable, some of the things. But the police, like I said, the police cut my house when I, when I went to jail and he, and he said to Amanda, because he was only like, you know, like a local beat Bobby, but yeah. give the kids a kick up the arse and he's that. And, and, and I'd help him with like. Decent Bobbies, then, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, decent, yeah. You, you're not grassing to people, but Brian's just in something, I'll get him back for it. I can't tell you who's done it. So yeah. I do things like that for them, just for the neighbourhood. And uh, anyway, he went to the, he, he bumped into my partner and he said to her, Oh, he said, I'm going to get the fucking sack. And she said, What's the matter? And he said, The crime rate was 12% when Brian was out, it's gone to 77 he said it's a nightmare. Anyway, I was only on two days. And I was walking to Tesco. I was walking to Tesco's from the car park, and he was there. And there were two cops and there was two security guards. Brian, do us a favour. You phone this lad. And they called him Mark. Anyway, I phoned him up. Uh, I said, Mark, I won't say sick now. I said, Mark, it's Brian Crockett's He went, All right, Brian. I said, All right. I said, If you ever bag with broken arms and legs, I said, Stop fucking coming up Ingleby Barwick and pinching. Or I'll be coming looking for you. I know exactly where you are. Give me his address and everything. He went, I promise I won't. I promise. Am I getting this right? And it was on loudspeaker. I'm phoned on the policeman's phone. I threatened the fucking lad. <laughs> come up, I'll break your arms and legs. You come up. So anyway, you come back about a month later. It's down to 14% crime rate within a couple of months. So it just shows you. That's brilliant yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. But that's for the community, you know, for the people. Yeah. There. Yeah, that's burgers as well. There's nothing yeah. worse than house burgers. Is well, there? well like people say, and well, some old people sat in the bed and they're vulnerable anyway. Yeah, and then someone's outside. Petrified. It's not nice. I've never been done for anything. I've got, I've got criminal damage on me. It was. Yeah, I've got the assault when I fell down the stairs of the place. It was pathetic. It's not really assault. And I've got um, driving offence. That's it. Nothing criminal damage. Oh, that's the only thing I used to do. I got nicked one night, me and two black lads, a good lad, mate of mine, me and Addish and, and Mark Johnson, and we were stood anyway, this cop come by and he was a bit racist, he was saying, what yous doing here? The likes of yous, being black, I thought, horrible bastard, I said yeah. to myself. I said, yeah, fuck off, anyway. Next minute, held back up, anyway, they come. So he put me in the back of this van, I sat there, I said, I'm fucking, they were talking shit, I said, I've had, anyway, I banged the door like that, I snapped the door off, he's fucking snapped the door, he snapped the door, anyway, the phone football back up. Anyway, the woman said, get in the back with him. And the cop said, I'm not getting in the fucking back with him because I was huge at the time. Yeah. And then when I'm getting the back with him, she said, I'm the inspector, you get in the back with him. She said, you get in the back with him, she said. <laughs> and I'd done that to about six different fans where I've kicked the van door hinges off the hinges. Off. And now they've put cages. I don't know if it's because of me, but... Uh, <laughs> and one day they, they, they had an operation on it. It was called Operation Gorilla. I said, cheeky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mate, Paddy, Paddy Watson, he, he took his own life. He's a lovely lad. He was really good with the scanners. He said, Brian, look out your window. He said, there's a, there's a man with a haversack there. He's been there about three hours. He said, drug squad. And there's one at the top of the road. He said, they're calling it Operation Gorilla. So there was obviously me. You know, so I just, what I did, put things like that, where I'm just staying for 10 days or two weeks because you're not bringing That's it on funny, top. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Operation Gorilla. Operation Gorilla, yeah. <laughs> did you carry weapons then? No, the no. I've, I've, no. I've never, ever, I've been stopped hundreds I'm not just saying hundreds I've been I've been arrested when the last time I got arrested I was told by the police uh, he was called Shane the cop he said you've been arrested by the SES back more than anyone in Britain 20, 22 or 23 times you've got the record I said that's a fucking nice record isn't it but they won't come normal police it was always at the elite you know, with the, 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 the and M, 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 P. well one, one day we were in the uh, 
we went to see a friend and he was a footballer and he's he played for Spennymore and we were having something to eat in England playing. Now I used to get me videos made, this lad used to copy them for me. I'd give them to the kids, you know, for the, yeah. the, the training videos. I've got ones I've been trained for the Welsh song, what's man and that. Anyway, when I'm doing these um I've got to his flat, there's been a shooting around the corner from where I was. But I'm in this flat. Now I push the buzzer and and these flats you Flat ten stand number six, security guard, and there was about forty people there. Because what had happened is, they were getting the houses done up, and they had to say, "Why want my kitchen blue and all that?" So they all signed these forms. So I was talking to two Stockton Borough councillors, and there was a solicitor there to fund the forms in. So I goes in there, and I'm there about an hour. I come out, so I'm driving on the street, and I'm in a black vector. I've seen a police car. I looked at me, and I, I just know when they're up to the and I thought this fuckers after me. So anyway, I drive up the road, goes home, nothing. So young Ryan, who was like a stepson, he, we'd been out, he threw a snowball at somebody, it went through somebody's window. Yeah. So we beat the police station that day in the same clothes. So anyway, we're driving along, and anyway, he goes to get some petrol and uh, gives him a tent. I'm going to drop him off. Arm response, just normal arm response. Do you want me? He went, no, no, I can't be that big. Driving along the road, next minute, day, 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 you can hear these things. Two big um, Citroen 4B4s. Eight SES all black gear. I'm police, I'm police. And then there's like loads of other places. Now it's on, you can Google this. It's in uh, Thornaby Road, Redca. It's mm. Redca Road, Thornaby in there uh, in Stockton. Um, there was 33 armed response. There was 68 police involved in the arrest. Yeah. And when you see me, the van's there and I'm in the van. Anyway, he said, you, you, I'm police. So he sat like this, looking at me <laughs> through the thing. He keeps doing that and looking through that. I said, Here, mate. You're in the wrong fucking job. If you can't shoot me from that distance, <laughs> you want to go and get another job because he's looking through the eyesight, you know, the, the, the lens. I'm thinking, you're fucking three, two feet away from me. He's going, I'm telling you, cop, I'm telling you. Were you scared a little bit as well, though? No, not, not one bit. Not, not, you knew he wasn't going to pull just, that I, I, I didn't give a fuck. You know? I, I'm t- it's like when I used to tax, I wasn't scared. So the, you were just the, in the wrong place at the wrong time, weren't you? What, what they've done is... The, Sorry, they put two and two together and come up with their own. They come up. I said, "There, uh, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, you, you put two and two together and come up with the wrong fucking thing here." I said, at "The end of the day, I, I was somewhere else. So anyway, the police were there. And anyway, they got me out." And he went and he started shouting, "Boy!" And he I pushed him hard on the shoulder. And he went yeah. flying across the floor because it was all icy. Anyway, we got nicked. Put me in the van. Took me to the police station. I said, "Right, I went, I went, I've been done now seven times. I've had forensic. It's called the powder residue test with the test to see if you had fired a firearm. It can tell by the powder it's embedded in your hands yeah. or your face." And uh, I said, "Once for anyway, I got the forensic uh, uh, side that she come. She went, "Buy you confident?" I said, hey, "I've done nothing, love. So you've done the finger under your fingernails. I mean, done all the stuff. And what they do, they take it with two to take it to weather with two police cars go." But they can get it back quick because they can fax it. Come back, nothing on him, nothing, nothing on my stuff in house. Uh, Search my house, metal detectors, everything, pulled it to pieces. All I the haven't had time to wash it off five years plus no, it takes no, hours. No, no. So the next minute, I, I told them where I was and everything and everything, all the places where we were on camera, in the shops, everything. Yeah. I proved everything. They had me on bail for I think about nine months for it, and they even took the electric key and the gas key. So we had we couldn't put the gas electric on because just to be horrible. And they said, mm. "Oh, we need to keep the cigarettes because it's proof." So they had two two uh, witnesses identified me. Witness number one 
Five foot seven to five foot six. I said, fuck it, I'll bust a loss of bit of size. <laughs> <laughs> Slim to medium build. With Poss- your knees. <laughs> possible ginger hair, possible freckly skin. Fucking Poss- hell. I said, it looks like, you'll guess who? Has he got glasses? <laughs> <laughs> has, he, has he got a mustache? Fucking <laughs> you know, hell, the other one was five. Is it Waldo? Yeah. <laughs> is it five foot eight to five foot nine? I said, well, and she said, we've got witnesses. I said, you haven't got no witnesses, just making crap up. I said, look, I've been in this game long enough. I said, if you had witnesses, I'd be in the lineup. I said, yeah. and you wouldn't be giving me bail. So anyway, the builders. But what my sister has said is to build you, and you've had you on that long. If one little thing you do wrong, they'll say, well, he's already up for attempted murder. So the lad got shot. He got taxed off drug dealers. But it was nothing to do with us. And the car that they were in was a red... Um, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Monday or something, we were in a black vector, and, and I was with my wife with a dog, and I said, well, where's the dog? If anyone recognised somebody shooting someone or taxing them, they'd have, the dog would be mentioned, I had a boxer dog, and I had my son and my, and my wife and me, there was only me and the lad mentioned, so... Have you yeah. still got your big dog? He's passed away, but I've got a oh. bigger dog now. He's oh, fucking you? monstrous. He's up here, he's uh, American Akita, he's huge. Oh, but, I, had, um, I had the Alaskan Malamux called Sadie. She's gorgeous, yeah. she was. I had it since she was about eight, and then she'd had, um, she got pietry or something. Right. So basically, yeah. It was just, she, she got well, not well all of a sudden. And yeah. Just like passed away. Well, well he got kennel cough. He got kennel cough, and then I'm 13, 13, yeah, one, one month, one, one, one week. Cried my eyes out for three months. When he put oh. the house, my head was battered. Now, my wife was with me for 17 and a half years, and she left. I cried for two days. I fucking cried three, three, three months for the dog, so... Yeah, I'd never but, go abroad yeah. or anywhere. No. I'd always go land or somewhere yeah. where I could take dog friends, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you get, you get used to him, don't he you? He sleeps with me every night on the oh, bed, so he's yeah. he, he takes up all the bed, though. He's massive. <laughs> yeah, he's a big, yeah. big boy, yeah. Oh, he's massive. Huge. Huge. So in the video that you like crocodiles. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they, they wouldn't let me go in with them. I said, I'll never go in there, but I went to get in. You would have as well, wouldn't you? I, I, I said, this video, yeah. I said this, to him, this video's going to end with him fucking wrestling a crocodile once. <laughs> that was the idea. I was going to have a wrestle with a crocodile, but they wouldn't let me do. But oh. the thing is, the crocodiles, they're cold-blooded, so you have to heat up. Uh, but right. when I went to get over there, they're like gypsies. You've got to fight the fucking lot of them at once. I'll have a go one-on-one, not all of them. When the SWAT team came for me... Yeah. And they all just opened up, like, you know, get on the ground now, yeah, 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 don't yeah. move. My heart almost jumped out of my chest, I almost yeah. shit myself. Yeah. Where, it, where do you get this fearlessness from? I think it must come back from, from the Scottish um, Celtic warrior days or something. It's just, well, do you, I, do I you think go, what it is. You got a Scottish side to you? But I was born in Scotland. I was born Are in you Co- born in Scotland? I was born in Court Bridge, yeah. My mum and dad's Scottish. Right. My, my nana's Scottish, my granddad's Scottish, and me. 
Oh, um, great granddad and great granddad, the Irish. So we got, it's, in, it's in that blood. Braveheart I think, DNA. I think the Braveheart thing was. Ever, <laughs> well, there's a funny thing. Um, when I did uh, the book, the tax man, we did the Scottish. Sorry, when I did the book. Um, uh, One second. The, if, you, if you're interested in Brian's new book and his old book, we'll put the links to everything in the description box below this video. Yeah. And your new book is coming out in February, and it's yeah, called The Resurrection of Brian Cockrell. The Resurrection of Brian Cockrell. So yeah. go down there, click over, check out his stuff. All his socials will be down there as well. Yeah. We urge you to support Brian. Yeah, so Steve Richards did the, the book called Scottish Hard Bastards, and it was, uh, Jimmy Holland, I think it was involved in it. So they wanted me to get a kill, so at Middlesbrough playing that day, I couldn't get a kill anyway, so anyway, I bought this tartan blanket thing, and then I got it, and I got these plastic saws and a plastic axe, so I've got all this gold over the weightlifting belt and a pair of boots, I'm stood on the front. Anyway, the, the neighbours are going by, going, anyway, the neighbours phoned the police, Brian Cockrell's lost the plot, he's on the front of an axe and a sword. So the armed response have come. Brian put down the weapons. I said, the fucking plastic. I'm doing the photo shoot just before the photo shoot comes, you know, I'm ready on the front. So anyway, I got, they're not arrested me, but they found it funny in the end, you know. But uh, yeah, that was a uh, true story. So, so you're saying even as a child then you didn't have fear? You were just like naturally. Yeah, I, I just wasn't bothered by anything. I was always. I got you, weren't, you, weren't I got bu you weren't bullied or anything. I got bullied as a kid. Yeah, I got bullied because. Well, did that I, stress you out in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. It was scary when you were a kid because that's why I hate bullies. I had to go to school, and because I had the Scottish accent, I'm Scottish. I, I had dyslexia. Yeah. And um, in them days, when you had dyslexia, it, it wasn't your class as thick. And they'd put like, they'd say, you're right, stand on the chair if you've got a spelling wrong. I said, are you any good at spelling? I said, I can't even spell JCB. I said, so, <laughs> but I've learned, obviously, now how to, how to do it. So, but what what it is. Are you standing there with a really comb with D on it? Yeah, yeah. But they put, put me on the, on the chair. And then you get a second one, put you on the fucking table. So there for two hours on the table. And I thought, the pure bullying. So, and then you'd be dummy, daft, daft, dummy, dummy. All the kids are calling you. So yeah, I get dummy. I, got, I used to have six kids bullying me every day since I was about nine years old. So I was about 13. And I'd have to think, how do I get home? So it was them days. He had to be born five miles before he could get a bus. He had to walk to school. It was about four miles to school. So I, you fucking, I'd be thinking, I'd go over the railway line, I'll go to the beach way. So I was always strategically yeah. minded since I was a kid. And I watched all the old gangster films, so I was, I was quite good. But what, Did you fight the other cocks? Like, I mean, when I was at school, I'd always be like, all the local schools would have their little lad guys. And you'd, yeah. you'd always meet up in the park and have a yeah. fight with them and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but, but what, what happened is... I, I I used to like I used to think wish if I was this and I was I used to watch like you know um, the Hulk yeah <laughs> oh, I wish I could be as big as him I got I got fucking bigger you got bigger yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was twenty so and I got the twenty four so. was it was it the bullying that motivated you to get big I just I just seen you know, I just thought if you were like that nobody could bully you yeah you, you could be like you could be like, like you know you'd see Steve Reeves who was Mr Universe and and he would, he would, just in the Argonauts and I was fascinated with like like muscle and training yeah, and stuff Charles Atlas and I mean, my favourite film ever was um, Wee Geordie it was about a, a Scottish bloke and he threw the hammer for Scotland and he started off little and he, he was getting these Charles Atlas like books. He was getting bigger and bigger, and he was coming down the stairs. And you could hear the house rattling, type of thing. One of my favourite films. And uh, I used to like um, Samson Delilah when Samson pushed the, the pillars down. I thought, imagine being like that, you know, the fantasising in your head as a kid. And then my uncle owed my mum a few quid, so he couldn't afford to pay. So he said, Right, oh, 
some weights there, so it was like a, a piece of carpet on on a bench. Yeah, made like four by four piece of wood, bit cut out so you could put the bench the, the weight on. About 160 pounds in weight, and that's how I started training. I started training the weights when I was like, I went to the gym when I was 13, but I started training properly when I was 15. But I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, I was just guessing and going to a couple of gyms. Just doing I, your own thing. And then when I went to Redco when I was 18, I started training. I trained for two years, and I went into Mr. England, I come fifth. Um, fifth best junior in Mr. England, 1986. So, how well, was you at that point? I was 14 stone 7 pounds. But I, but I was ripped to the ball at a 26 inch waist and that was no like no professional training that was not no steroids or nothing like that I imagine if you'd been juiced up oh yeah I would have been I'd have been up there but I didn't take any I started thinking so I, I could bench 500 pounds when I was 22 year old and I've got I've got videos to prove it and that but uh, I was into that and then when I got to about 26 I was doing over 600 pounds I got 630 pound bench press but I've got it on video as well yeah. so, so you were a powerlifter then I did the powerlifting. I did three bodybuilding shows. Then I started getting the powerlifting because I fancied the weights. Just I liked to be the strongest in the gym and I'd be a bit big head. And I, yeah. I went to every gym and I beat every record. I, I mean, I went to home house and I did an eight hundred and fifty kilo leg press, and we had three lads standing on it with weights, and that's still on the wall. But I, I, I did a two thousand pound leg press in Moore's gym, and. Uh, I did it with well, 30 different people seeing me do it. And that when I was doing it, I got the seven reps. I said, help, help. They all ran off. I said, I'm only fucking kidding. I got another four reps. So I did 11 reps for £2,000. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's just ridiculous. I could squat seven plates front squat. I could do eight and a half plates back squat. But I've got that on, on, on video. You'll see that on me. I'm doing a video. I'm doing another book on training later on next year with Jamie and a video. But, but your uh, big stout legs yeah. has, has helped you in your fight. But when I was a kid... I had legs. Remember Angela Rippon? Yeah, dad, yeah, yeah. I had legs like her because he used to play football like little. It was big as them, them things here, here. Little skinny legs. So there's a picture of me. And I'm showing people, say, look, you can't get that big. You can't go, well, how come I did? I was 11 stone and 11 inch arms and I got 23 inch arms and I got the 23 stone 10 pounds. But you see the so, lads nowadays in prison, they, they, they all work out, but they forget about the bottom half. They yeah. just do the top half. Well, what it is. So they're like that and they've got little still, legs and they're I, still getting knocked out. You know what I mean? What it is, if you've got, what it is, if you've got a house, what do you need? A big foundation, don't you? Yeah. So if you haven't got them foundations, you're going to go down. That's why I say yeah. they're like, they like the Prince Dazims and Tyson and. People like a big leg can, can take the big punches as well. I had a 23 inch neck as well, 23 inch arms. So, wow. But, um, how many prison years have you done? I have done loads and loads of prison years. I've done more like on remand. I did, I got the 30 months and I did 10, 10 weeks. I did another 10 weeks and I did a couple of two weeks. That's all I've done in jail, really. Could you maintain your workout discipline in those places? Yeah, well, you, well I was in there, but, but every prison I went and I broke every record that was in them prisons so there's always weights accessible not always no when i was in walton that we were in the we were in the um on the boxes you know you the, box, the boxes yeah. and there uh, there was a lad there called duckdale horrible fucker he glassed a copper and he got 10 year for ram robbery and he was coming in he was getting the, the plugger and they were making yeah. a mess of the floor anyway he come in the, the lads stick on them all gonna jump him i thought oh, i can't do that i'll do it myself anyway he come in and he hit my right hand he hit me the body shot and he, 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 a shit, little bit of shit come out of his ass. He was in the showers. So the lads went out and they got a little plastic bag and they put an air cord in. And he had duck deal shit the ass. He got tortured in the jail and he, he went ackling in the end. He went, he went. But uh, yeah, that, that, the, the screw, uh, Dickie was a screw who was in there. He was a nice bloke. But I was in there and I, I was in the kitchens. I was making steak and I had burgers and all the screw come and he went, 
He's like, fucking good fellas in here with you. <laughs> I said, do you want some of this, boss? He's gone then, big fella. They were bringing me steaks and the screws and everything because I was, the jail was right. right yeah. yeah, I was doing right. I wasn't grassing people. I was just keeping everything right. Anyway, we, we, me and uh, Steve Collins, we got all the nonsense. I said, fuck the nonsense. We're not getting the oranges. And we crushed all the oranges. Our oh, hands were killing us, you know, crushing the oranges. Yeah. We well, had fresh orange juice for a, for, for a fortnight. <laughs> See, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be making that hooch. Oh, yeah. 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 He was a few people died like, oh, when I was in that, on that ouch. Oh, yeah. It can, I mean, it, it can get you. In America, it's quite it's easy to make because it's like 100 and odd degrees inside. Right. And where we put it up, up on, you lift the, the things off. Yeah. You put it in the seal, it's like 130 degrees. So it's yeah. almost 50 so, degrees in the UK. So it's right, yeah. in, in a lot better. Right. So all that crap what you drink in here, no, like you put your piece of bread and all that for your yeast. Yeah, yeah. Over there, you're getting proper yeast, and it ferments, so all the stuff drops to the bottom. You don't, you don't touch that crap. Right, right. You drink it, it, it comes out real yeah, nice. Yeah. If you want Wild Man's full hooch, prison hooch recipe, have you watched them? It's on the playlist, Wild Man playlist below this video. Have, have you watched the? Um, do you see that program where they make it in America on, on the channel? The I've, I've got, I've got one out now. Have you? Yeah. Been, all right, yeah, yeah. I've watched them where they're, they're digging holes and hiding it and hiding it. stills and that, yeah. Yeah, well, that's all they used to do, didn't they? That's what the old... Yeah. That's what the uh, the Kennedys won, and they're, 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 they're bootlickers, weren't they? So. I'll tell you what, the nicest thing is, when I lived in Mexico, I remember every, every Sunday, the, the families where I, I used to live, they used to get, like, a couple of pigs, little baby pigs. Yeah. And the, the, to be out digging, there's an old lady doing it. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'll, I'll dig it for you. Yeah. So I'm digging it, as I'm digging it, to get these um, cactus leaves. Right. They put the cactus leaves down... They'd put some like wood down and burn it. Let it burn down, and then they'd get the pig, and then put it on top of it, cover it up, and then cover it up and leave it for the day. Right. And the next day, when you open it, oh my god! You know, some tortillas and stuff like that. Yeah. Now I like my food too much. I I need to lose weight. I'm about twenty six stone, but for the wrong reason. You know what I mean? I like my cider. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, it's gut rot that stuff. I know. Yeah. Who are? That's Who are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bezels. Yeah. When did you start your fighting training then? Boxing, martial arts, did you do any of that? No, never done any martial arts. Well, I did a little bit with a lad called Bob Cumber. He was champion and a few moves with a lad called Brown showed me a few moves. But what it is, is when you're like, when you're 20, when I was like 23, 24 stone nearly, and you're benching that type of weight, it's about how good they are at Kung Fu or that. If they grab you, you just fucking pick them up and throw them around like a rag doll. Yeah. They can't do nothing. And Bob Cumber said that he's 12 stories. I can't. I said, he, he tried to move my arms. They can't move it because it was that strong, you know. I was curling like um, 140k. Curling that. I was doing upright 140k. Um, so when you're doing things like that, it's just ridiculous. Well, a kickboxer can kick you, and you know, it's just going to be, it's like eating fucking tree trunks. Yeah, it doesn't hurt me because, like, like you say, and yeah. you grab the leg and they go nowhere. I had a fighter, I had a kickboxer once, <laughs> and he had a fight, and we said, I'm the world champion anyway. I fucking knocked him out, and I took his shoes and socks off and threw them on the roof. He had to walk home with no shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, champion. He had a trophy, he looked well with a trophy laid next to him on the floor. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's a different thing, see, in the street. Strength comes into it and, and, and skill and it's all sorts of different things, you know, but your yeah. balance and power and speed and all. I remember being on the door a few times. I was on the door with this, we, when you get like a 50-seater bus of Geordie's coming yeah. down. And a lot of the Geordie's are gobshite and yeah. mouthy. And doing this like, do you know what I mean? Like, and uh, anyway, yeah, if you can punch me, so he was doing this like that. 
down that old Nissan. And the lads were going bang, hitting him and hitting him anyway. He done it to me like that, and I went bang right on the fucking chin, knocked him clean out. They were hitting him on the stomach. <laughs> so it him. But it, ten lads had a go at him, and as he was doing that, his chin was sticking right out. So I just went bang right on the chin, knocked him out. I said, That fucking hurt though, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but we had some laughs on the door, so I put there. But now, you just have to look at somebody, you get arrested, don't you? Now it's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the, the doorman now have to video all the fights and give it to the police. It's completely different. I've yeah. watched one on, uh, like, it's a new doorman place so now, and they're going around in the car, it's mobile doorman, and what they're doing, there's, like, the, the old tramps and that are on the, in the doorway. Yeah. Instead of helping them, they're moving them on. Yeah. It's and they're only going to go off to the next one. That's all, people, like, people on the streets, living on the streets, it's disgusting, mate. Yeah. We lived in the 21st century, and people are starving, and these are another thing, like, there's these army lads going to war, They've been in that. People say to me, who's your heroes? Mohammed Ali, uh, Rocky Marciano, um, George Best. I said, yeah, the other heroes, they're brilliant, don't get me wrong. The real heroes are all servicemen and women who are fighting for us every day of the week. Not every minute they die, yeah. every second they could be killed. Well, no, it's our... the foreigners coming over and they're asking us for money. And they they get dull and they get housing automatically. Yeah. And we've got our own people on the streets yeah. living yeah. In, yeah. from here. Charity begins at home, they say. Yeah, yeah. Half of the, my friends in prison were like ex-Marines yeah, and yeah. Uh, ex-US military because yeah, they come yeah. back from the war stressed out. We've got nothing to do. Don't get any help from not, the government. Not, it's, that's what I'm trying to Go say. Go on street drugs, self-medicating yeah. for PTSD. That, that's the same with me, yeah. And yeah. Then, they, then they end up in prison. Yeah. And then it's the, really and, sad. And, and the fantastic people who save people's lives. And they're out there driving two and three, ten, ten, twenty million pound tanks or whatever, and they'll come back here and they're not even allowed to do that job, yeah? yeah. And on the streets, have the legs blown off and things like that, and, and they're on the streets having to beg for money. It's disgusting. Terrible. Disgusting. So reading Frenchie's book, The Devil, you talk about the doors, wars, where yeah. if you want the door for a club, you just take your crew and you just beat the shit out of the bouncers and take over it. Was, were you involved in anything like that? And that, that was for control of the drugs. Yeah, in, in well, the club. What, what happened is there was a couple of guys were running the, the doors, and I had I had everything, all the tea sides from from to Newcastle. I was only allowed because of the stairs and that from Sun, right up to Sunderland, right up to Whitby. I had everything boxed off, everything. And uh, we used to, well, I was the first person to have the raves, the, the stairs and that they used to come to our club and and um, Robbie Armstrong and people like that and we had a place called the Eclipse and it was the first rave the Eclipse club. in Coventry no the Eclipse in there uh, Stockton oh, I was going to say because we used to go to Eclipse in no, Coventry no, the one in Stockton it was like the first one up the north you yeah know? yeah anyway we used to have that it was a loop all the law we, we get through it anyway we'd have that on and we'd have 3,000 people in there no one bit of trouble and there'd be a pub next door to a men fighting over a game of dominoes stabbing each other so <laughs> I thought wait a minute there's more trouble I mean, the government won't say this, but I'll say it. There's more people die through cigarettes and there's more trouble through alcohol than anything else. Yeah. And they're too... My mum says to me, I've never had a drink in my life. Mum, you smoke 25 and then you drink. My dad, you drink, you drink whatever. They're, so that's the biggest killer of all time. Every, kids every other, especially. Three kids uh, yeah. a week in this country die from binge drinking. Yeah, you don't yeah. even look who's a drug dog, do you really? No. It's the biggest but killer no, of no, all drugs. It, it, it is a drug, isn't it? It's the yeah. biggest thing going. But what it also does is this. When their ambulance crews go, go and see some pisshead falling around on the floor getting drunk, 
there's some kid dying in the house of, of whatever, or some mum was having a baby, can't, can, can't get to the hospital because it's tied up and the little idiot's it's drunk. It's a waste of money. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just terrible. you got those people drinking alcohol and popping pills and smoking, saying, yeah, lock all the kids up for smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. What hypocrites. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to put the doors somewhere. Oh, yeah, door what, was. What, what happened, the door was, I didn't really, I had the doors. And I, I let them go because it was too much stress with all the things. So what I used to do, I used to go in and see the doorman, give them the few E, and I'd have the doors, and I'd have everything in there, you know, you get them for like, say, eight quid, sell for 15, let them sell for 20, and you make a fortune, just ridiculous money, and 20 grand a week, things like that, ridiculous. Make 20 grand a night on the door. And uh, anyway, a few times I tried to come and do the doors, and we went to one club, me and Annie Buick, allegedly, and uh, we went to the dorm, we said there uh, to the dorm, and I said, um, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I said, uh, uh, the bad news is, I own this, I own this club. And he said, what's the good news? I said, you've got five minutes to leave. And they all just fucked off. So we, 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 <laughs> the, remember the band QFX? QFX, they were a band, they were a massive band in the 80s, like a rave band, they came on. And um, we had them on, we had to pay two grand up my pocket, but we made 16 yeah. grand on the door. So, yeah, we, we, I, I didn't really go around taking the doors off people because there wasn't that much money in the doors, really. It was the eight you'd make. You'd get two, three pounds an hour for a dormer. You make, you make eight quid off an E. So if you sell ten E, you make 80 quid. You're going to make more off them than you would having the full dormer. Do you and think you, that the rave scene in the E reduced the violence in the hooligan 100%, scene? 100%, 100%, 100%. Did you see that? When you yeah, 100%. Was... Well, we used to have raves, like illegal raves, like the Grangetown Rave, and the police would come and it was, we'd let everyone in there and they, they, they used to say, well, they're in there, they're not causing trouble. The violence and the burglary stops was exponential. But now it's just ridiculous because it's coke, but it's not coke. When I was out in the 90s, there was no such thing. Well, there was coke, how, but it was like, nobody really was bothered with that. It was a bit of So rich persons have got it back then? Yeah, yeah. It was like, um, it wasn't really a big thing up in the, in the north. No. But when I went to jail and I come out after the 30 month, it was terrible and was everywhere. It was just ridiculous. And uh, it's just destroyed the country, it's destroyed the world. It's heroin, that's what it's done. It's one to, I've, I've done them all and I've binged on them all, but the heroin is one I've never. I, I, I never want to put a needle in my arm. I think that's some no. scurdy needles, so yeah, I don't like yeah, that. No. But um, crack, it's just, I love it's that. Not the, it's not the needle. It's not the um, thing, it's the drug. Why would you want to take it when you look at someone and think, well, that's what, you, that's what you're going to end up like? Yeah. I mean, people take crack and I, I, I know barristers and solicitors and top people who take coke and who used to bite off me and crack years ago. But there's no problem because you only have a bit. But when you, well, I can understand like, with coke. Everyone does coke, don't yeah, they? Yeah, if you take it in proportion, I'm not telling anyone to do it, it's not good for you. If they take it in proportion, it's not so bad. But when you're taking it like I was, like a lunatic... You just make you, you make yourself yourself try to med, medication type of thing. You think depression's in this and then, and when you, you like getting old and you can't fight as good as you were, it's like a pe- people like Tyson Fury. I, I respect the man coming out with like, I'm depressed. I'm on drugs. I'm on this. I'm on that. It's like sportsmen. It's like Linford Christie's not couldn't beat whatever Usain Bolt or whatever. You don't know. It, you can't do it. You, but time and tide won't wait for no man. But you've got to just live with it. You've got to think. Well, I've everyone been gets older, though. Of course they do. Mate. Usain Bolt was. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it the day when I see Usain Bolt getting beat by a couple of people. It's because yeah. he was retiring, don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it's just but it's, it's, inevit- it's it. inevitable. I'd rather have not seen that. I'd rather what, have seen what, him just win what, everything. What makes me 
get upset as people like Roy Jones was a fantastic boxer. Yeah. He made a fool of himself by going to the ring by. He couldn't do it no more. He was getting beat by mugs. And Mike Tyson did the same. He was fantastic and he was getting beat by he didn't have the heart no more for it. He'd gone and he was killed that killed bride lad. But, but it was, remember the Irish lad who beat him? The Irish lad. Yeah, it was it was a joke. If it had been ten years before he would have lasted one round with him, but he'd lost the heart for it and he'd just gone. I no. think he clever boxers the likes of Frank Bruno. Now yeah. uh, people say he wasn't a good boxer, but he made his money and he got <laughs> it out. It can't be that bad, but he was a world champion, can you? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. he, like, yeah. he, he didn't made... get knocked out in the first two minutes by Tyson. He lasted against Tyson, didn't he? Yeah. And if it's uh, Tyson Fury's people are watching this, we would love to get him on the podcast. So Tyson Fury supporters, please start asking him if his people are out there. Yeah. You well, know, he's... Well, what he's done, like you say, he's come out. Tyson Fury and what he said is fantastic to the man you know I'm watching his podcast and, and, and you, you see the lad you can see the dep- I can see because I've had depression I've, I've, I've got family to suffer from it I can see in his eyes he's got that he's got he's a fantastic boxing what he did when he went down I did the he was going to get unbelievable I don't know he got back up I, I don't know he got back up because <laughs> and 99.9.9.9% people wouldn't have got back up so it's just the heart he's got you know so he's yeah. got that in him that 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 like I'm not going to get beat you won't beat me out I've got that thing where you're not beating me no matter what you do to me I'm just going to keep coming at you I'm coming at you like a robot I think that's like, a gypsy blood in him as well yeah 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 but it's, you, 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 you're not just born with that you've, you've got that you're born with that sort of you've not just got that yeah. you can't you can't you can't train someone to be brilliant at something if they're not if it's not in them you know what I mean so it's, it's obviously in him but to come out and say he was on drugs and he'd done this and he was suicidal and all that I thought brilliant because a lot of people who are older are not old fashioned like our mums and dads will say get off your ass and get a job you won't be you won't be depressed so it's got nothing to do with that no. I say depression is like this Any can hit anyone at any time no matter how big you are well you think, how can you be depressed my dad would say he's got 50 million pounds got nothing to do with that you've got chemicals in your brain serotonin and endorphins and things like that and when they're out of balance, you've got to take tablets to balance them back up, and that's all you've got to do. If you break your leg, you go and get a pot on your leg. If you cut your arm up, you get stitches. With your mind, you have to take medication to balance it out. And once you get on them tablets, I've saved nine people's lives in the last six weeks. I've talked them down from suicide, and I've got them right, and I've got about another 20 people at the hospital, and I've got people going to the doctors to get the medication there. Uh, and the, 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 the text of me and things like that, and I've got they've got them right and beat it the CP. It has to be the right medication as well, doesn't it? It has to be, yeah, but you have to go to the doctor. You can't just get it yourself. You no, know, you right? can't self-medicate. No, no, you can't self-medicate. You've got to go, but you might have to go through two or three or four or five different types. But once you get it, that's you, right, you know? Yeah. For the sake of taking a tablet, every day just one tablet and you're better. But some people, I'm, there's no wrong with me, there's no wrong with me, but there is. You wouldn't be the way you were if it wasn't wrong with you, so you, you can't suffer in silence because there's people out there to help you. You always come across as a lively guy, full of energy. Have you had low moments of depression? Yeah, yeah, loads. I'm suicidal where I've, I've thought, this is it, I'm going, to, I'm going to take an overdose today, I'm going to do myself in today. I fucking can't live like this no more. I my head's done in. I, I, you know what I mean? Just drugs, 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 crack, crack, crack. And I just thought to myself, what's the point of going on like this? If you were dead in your grave, you wouldn't have to worry about it. But then you think, you've got your family, your mum, your dad, your brothers. And then I thought to myself, I could help people if I got off my ass and done things. I've got, I, I know I could help people. And since I've been doing it with Jamie Boyle's being like a rock for me and his missus and that and, and my brother and that and my family and that, they've, they've been uh, like a rock for this, so they've kept me together. So I think what I'm doing now is a lot better than obviously the taxing because the taxing was 
probably it was a bad thing at the time. Some, sometimes it was good because they were horrible people, but I'd rather help people than hurt people now, so that's, that's my new thing in life. It's a good yeah. thing. In the taxing world then, was there a point when you thought you were going to get killed? Lee Duffy used to say to me, Brian, you've just got too much bottle. He said, you're running and kicking indoors, man. They could have shotguns, handguns, anything. You're just not fucking bothered. He said, you're just like a fucking robot. You're just like the Terminator. Whatever. Yeah. He said, you just still don't, don't care. Halfway, if you die, you die, don't you? Something like that. He said, if you time, you time. But I, I just can't believe I'm still alive 30 odd years later and all the other tax were like Lee Duffy and, and all the other friends like your Peter Rose and your Viv Grahams and and Docos and and um, uh, Speedy and a little Frankie Taylor and all my brother and all the others, all these kids have been killed or hanged themselves and Paddy Watson and Wagga Watson, I could go on and on and on. There's that many people being killed and stabbed and shot and they've done that much compared to what I've done when I was still here. So a spiritual, I'm not really a spiritual, but a spiritualist called Gary Fowler said to me, yeah, 2000, he said, in the future, God's got a purpose for you. I said, what do you mean, Gary? He said, well, what's happening? The police and the authorities are going to come to you in the future and they're going to ask you to help them because they know that you can talk to on the streets. Now, that's what's happening now. But he said 20 years ago, um, school teachers are coming to me now to ask to talk to kids, and you know this. Yeah. You know it. If you're a school teacher or a policeman or an authority, and you talk to 15, 16, they go, oh, fuck off. They're not interested. But when you simulate me who's done a past and you've been you. there, they'll listen to you because they know you're talking sense. So you if know? teachers watching this or students watching this, can they contact you to try and get you to yeah. come into those yeah. schools? Yeah, well, I'm at, I'm at school, like I say, with Sarah Jane, she, she's a school teacher. She, I'm at the one on Thursday and any other schools, I'm, I'm willing to help. I've got another couple of schools I'm going to, but uh, you know, I went to one in South Bank a few years ago and they all turned up. And it was fantastic. Uh, and they all listened. The teacher said, "Oh, you come across really well. You know, to talk to them." And they, 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 they sat, sat there. Well, yeah, if you could help one kid stay out of prison, that's you've that's, done, that's, you've done that's, your that's the thing, mate. Yeah. Well, like I say, I've saved nine people from committing suicide, which, which is brilliant. So you can't beat that, can you? You know, no. I'd rather have that than ten million pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm speaking at the school in the Isle of Man later on this week, and. Right. Um, when they ask loads of questions at the end and they get so engaged, you can just see like you're really getting through yeah, to them. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, you, you get a buzz off it as well because, could you show me your scars? They say it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever I go up there, it's photograph, photograph. Oh, Brad, can you take a photograph to you? And, uh, and that's like older people as well. I mean, it was a bloke, oldest bloke the night, about 70 year old. He came to me in the pub. He said, I was having them at Carvery. He went, You should be the mayor, you. You'd have the whole town sorted out. I said, Well, I was going to run for mayor because I was going to run for mayor. And I said, But the only reason I was going to run for mayor was so I could get the gold chain and call it in. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go to John Ramson's ticket. Show much crack I could get for this. <laughs> I wouldn't mind all the people going to vote for you as well. I see that. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Honestly, they were getting scared, you know, the MPs and that. Yeah. And there were solicitors and there was policemen coming up in the streets and we'll vote for you because... At first, you know, I thought you were doing it just as a bit of a crack. No, it was getting, it was getting ridiculously serious. <laughs> like, yeah. Political power like Pablo Escobar, he was in Congress yeah, in yeah. Colombia, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how did the McIntyre on the world video come about? Uh, what happened is, I did a book um, with a, a lad called Julian Davies, it was called Street Fighters. And he'd interviewed something like 300 fighters. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And um, I've told you about that vodka. And, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We are sponsored by <laughs> Russian vodka. Smirnoff. <laughs> anyway, um, I did the book. What happened was he was doing a book with a lad called Richie Orsley from Marbury. He's a good lad from Marty Paul, the boxer. And uh, they said, you've got to do Brian Cockrell. So anyway, he cut me house and he, he took me on the pads. And he, I was hitting the pads. He was about 16 stone, about 5'10 or something. He went... Fucking hell, you put me through the fucking fence here. No, the power of speed here, he said. He said, phenomenal speed. And uh, I think I was only about 20 and a half stone at the time, so I was so great. I had abs and everything, I was super fit. And I was training with him on a bit of pad wet, and he went, phenomenal, he said. I've interviewed 300 fighters, and it's in the, it's well, well documented, he said. Yeah. But there's only one Brad Cockrell, he said. He said, he's got the chin, the power, the speed, the strength. Ability, he's not frightened of nothing. He can just see he's just not scared of nothing, and he's just not bothered. And he said, a fighter like him comes around every hundred years or so. He said so, but the same lad would open the door for for you or help it over across the road. He said so. You, you don't get many people like that, you know. He's no, like, you don't. No. And have you looked at all the comments below your video? It's got the three million views. Have you read what people are saying about you or anything like that? I, I do sometimes, but yeah. you get people calling you. You're gonna, you know, you're never ever gonna get. Everyone on your side. Someone said, "If you've got a, Duffy said to me once, if you get the good people saying good things about you, you're all right. But if you get the good people saying bad things about you, then you've got a problem. You know what I mean? So yeah, people got to talk about you know what. So what? We like to, I was saying to Bry when I first started doing this, and we had people call me saying, "Oh, he's just a fat bastard," and I'll go round and I'll knock him out and all that. And I was actually taking it. When I very first started podcasting, I thought, oh, yeah, is that right? And I actually really, I mean, you won't know how true this is, but I actually nearly found out where you bastards lived. You know what I mean? And I was going to do something until I realised, like, hang on, you're probably about a 15-year-old kid on yeah. a keyboard, you know what I mean? Just being a yeah, warrior. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, you, you, can't, you can't stop people having the concept in their brain what they want no. to pick, what they want to say is up to them. But at the end of the day, they never say, My name's Tommy Smith. I live at 22 Baker Street or whatever. Or, exactly, they never give you the address. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's always a different name, but you can never stop people. It's like, um, Mike Tyson's the best fighter. No, he's not. There's a lad in Greenstown better than him. You know, like crap comes out with them all. George Best is the best footballer. No, there's a lad in Redcar better than him. You know? <laughs> he just come up with rubbish stone there. And I think sometimes when you start and get a little bit successful and you get a little bit of fame, people get jealous of the start. People want to bring you down. Of course they do. That's what the people do, yeah. That but... was one of Escobar's favourite quotes as well. Envy kills more people than cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you get that green-eyed monster, don't you? Where he's doing this and he's doing that. I could be better than them. I could do this. I could do this. I could do it. We'll do it. 
Yeah. Nobody's stopping you, do it. Get on with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a scene in the documentary, and I don't know if this is the same story you told us earlier when we were getting bass batted, but they said that you were kidnapped at a house or lured to a house. I was, I was lured into the house. I didn't get kidnapped because there's okay. no way, nobody would be able to kidnap me. Can you give us that story? <laughs> that's the one I was telling oh, you. Oh, that is the one. That's the same one. Okay. So was that the point then where you were closest to getting beat to death? Yeah, uh, that was probably the... I, I remember... I remember I was at Sean Deere's, a friend of mine. I was talking to uh, one of his friends and he was with Lee Duffy when he died and he said when he shut his eyes, he didn't open his eyes back up. And when my eyes were shut and I thought of Lee, I thought, don't shut your eyes, fucking stay awake. So I kept awake. But when they hit me with hammers and bars, I mean, it, it, my head was just pouring the blood. It was hitting the ceiling and the house was wrecked, you know, how it was in. But I never made a statement. Like I say, I got them off, but... Um, yeah, I was probably close to death. That was the closest I'd probably come to death then, but I just thought, just keep, keep going. But they said, oh, that's him finished. We pushed up the aid, never see him again. I was out of hospital in two weeks on crutches, fighting the blues. Talked two black lads out who tried to attack me and then knocked, knocked them out. So I just didn't care. Were well, you getting care. banged on the edge of the fucking hammer? What yeah. does it feel like? It hurts, mate. <laughs> yeah, but do you know in the old black and white films when they go bang on the edge with a gun? How was in that for them? <laughs> I kept getting hit and hit and hit. I didn't get knocked out. But they, they had hit me on the head with a gun, hit me on the head with the bars, baseball bats, fucking all sorts. But... I'd almost want to get knocked out, mate. That, that's what I wanted, mate. <laughs> I wanted to then you should have took it off and said, this no, is how you do it. I've got these I've got marks in my head. You can feel lumps in my head and things like that. But um, there's holes all over me, like my legs and things like that and stab wounds and things. But the thing is, the doctor said, it's a minute, well, well I had one of my ass and all stabbed with my ass. As he finished everything, I lifted my leg up and all the blood started pouring and just stitched me again. Covered in, 100, I think it was 167 stitches I got all together. Hell. I lost three pints of blood. They were all over me. You should have took the hammer off and said, look, I'll knock myself out. Yeah, I don't black my film. Bag on the head. <laughs> why, 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 why can't I be in that film? But, yeah, but, um, yeah, uh, they said any normal man would have been killed. Cause yeah. Plus, two reasons would have been as the shock. But because you've got that much muscle tissue, it's cushioning it as a blow, you see, because it was, no, just didn't. If it had been a bone, they'd just smash it to pieces. There wasn't nothing broken. But, was um, that by far the moment then they got, got you the most, or were there other close calls? I've had close calls where I've had, uh, I was at the Blues one night, and I like a couple of the shotgun went to shoot, and I jumped in the way, and they had the shotgun on me there. I went, oh, then show me then. Show me. Fucking shoot me. I said, shoot me. I'm dead. I'm not bothered. But all these witnesses here, you're going to jail for 25, yeah? So I wouldn't shoot me. Because the thing is, you can't outrun a bullet. So charge your gun and run for my knife. That's an old saying. <laughs> and another time I went to the house to attack someone over Hartlepool to come out with a gun. And I went, I fucking ran at him. And he shot me. And I went, I looked. But it was a pellet. It was a fucking BB gun. <laughs> so when I got to the door, there was two little kids in the house. So they're like oh. little babies. I thought, I can't go in now. And then I went to another house with a lad called Rosie Bingham. And there was a lad in his arm robbery. He got done for 44 arm robbery. He's got, he got, he got 20 yeah. yeah. But he sat, you know, the old Thompson machine guns when they sit like that. And he thought he was a gangster. It was a round thing like that. Yeah, but it was, it was a shotgun. He was sat there. Yeah. I thought he'd done chimney. So I got out the car. I ran. I fucking kicked his front door in. I ran up the stairs and he ran across the field with the shotgun and run away. So it don't bother me. And I got, I got shot at the one I told you at Red Care. 
Uh, and I've had a few other f- uh, skirmishes, you know. Where it's not the gun, is it? It's the person behind the gun. Use it or not? No, yeah, most of them got the arse, you know what I mean? But yeah. whether they shoot you, they shoot you, don't you? All I thought to myself is if he shoots you, I'm dead. I don't think about it, I'm dead, the nana, so. I think of the old cowboy movies, you always say never pull your gun out unless you're going to use it. Yeah. Which I kind of, I would imagine, it's like, you know. Yeah. Never take a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because your name was so big. Were people constantly challenging you to try and make a name off? If I beat him, I've got his... You got the odd one a while goes at me, but I didn't just beat them. I, I absolutely annihilated them. Because when, when they had the fight with the boxer lad, I, I, I had the fight, I beat him. But I didn't annihilate him. The others, I, I broke the jaws in sixth place. I smashed the cheekbones. I've been bitten people's noses off. I pulled the fucking eyes out. I pulled bit their ears off. I yeah. said, I've done all that in the past, you know what I mean? But people think, fuck, that fight name... And it scares them because they've seen the state of people. You know what's what's happened to them. But you can't uh, you can't go up to some a lot of ruffians and go. I'd say if you would you stop knocking down, kicking that ball, and I'll give you a biff on the nose. Rules. You're not going to get you're not going to get nowhere. You're going to no. fucking smash your face in if you don't behave. So you've got to come across a bit nasty. Yeah. You know you, you can't you can't come up. Some some people you can be nice still, but some people you can't. Have be. you ever had that where you've sort of got into a fight where he, he might be like it? An army guy, and he's actually come up to you, like, sort of, do the Queensbury rules type of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did, actually. I, um, I was in the uh, a nightclub called... Um, oh, bloody hell. It was on the seafront, right? Kettle Company. Um, the powerhouse. And we're in there, and I was just like, about 17 stone, about six foot four. And he goes to me, we're all off our heads on the ecstasy and that, and he goes, I'm a tester for people like you. What do you mean? He said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm an army champion, heavyweight champion. He said, I'll do 10 mile runs and all that. I said, I'll be baiting. I'm getting you a drink, got him a drink. And sometimes people take kindness as a weakness. Yeah. Because I got him a drink. And then I said, You want an E? Give me half an E. Then I give him another half an E. So anyway, fucking, he started being jumping about doing this stuff. He said, Well, you've been too big. He said, uh, You won't be that fast. So I went, Boom, went him this right up across and took him off his feet. Boom, gone, knocked him clean out. And when he woke up, I said, was that fucking fast enough for you? <laughs> and then another one come up to me. He was from Gisborough. And he said, I'm the best fighter in Gisborough. And he said, uh, I want to go with you. I went, are we? But what they do is, they try, they try, what they do, people, if you stand side on like this, when your hands are here, you've got to throw a punch. You've got to put your hand up and throw the punch. If you're talking, that's the old time. You know, bang, you can throw your punch. So I'm talking to him anyway. He's trying to square me off by putting his foot in front of me so he could throw a right hand. And you learn this when, you, when you're fighting, obviously. So I just kept squaring him off. I kept putting my foot in front of his foot. Yeah. So he couldn't couldn't get accept for his punch because he could only throw a right hand. I knew he couldn't throw a left hook. And the anyway, I nutted him in the end and I split his nose right open there. He jumped up again, nutted him again, dropped him. I said, I've dropped you twice. And he, and he goes, he was saying he was the best fight in Gisborne. I said, I guess I must be the best fight in Gisborne now, am I? You know, you know, like, but, uh, but trying to be something stupid, just daft, you know. But, uh, yeah, I've had some fights. I had a fight with the lad with the seafront of Redka. He was like the, the Mike Tyson of Redka for years. They've been beat. And when I was 19, he bullied me. I'll tell you when, I'll tell you when it was. You remember when Riz... Not Riz, but, um The one who went the distance with Tyson, uh, Tyson, Mike Tyson. Uh, uh, remember him? He, he went the distance, the first one. Oh, I can't think his name now. He went the distance anywhere with him. And uh, no, it was, he, he beat, him, beat him on points, but he went the distance. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was that night, and I spilled a drink. And he went, "Are you drunk?" I went, "No, I was only I was nineteen or twenty year old, I think." Anyway, he came in the gym the next day and tried to intimidate me because he was a big bloke. Yeah, and uh, I was a bit, a little bit scared. You know what I mean? Because I was only 19, 20 year old. 
I thought, if he has a guy, we'll go anyway. And he was all right with us. But he was like, thought he was clever. I never forgot that day. Anyway, he was giving these ecstasy tablets to this kid to sell. And this kid was a nice lad. He was just a, a, a paint decorator. And he would give him the tablets. And the tablets were um, aspirins. And he'd filed them down. And he said, I can't sell them. He said, they're not, they're not ecstasy tablets. Anyway, he beat him up really bad. So anyway, I had a fight. Remember them Opel Banter cars? Yeah. You know, he, he had one of them anyway. He wouldn't get out of the car. So the lad, the lad, I said, the lad, fucking stab him. So he stabbed him in the leg. So I said, you get out, you're going to get stabbed again. So he got out and ran at me. And he didn't lead off. He didn't try to grab my legs. Biggest mistake. I picked him up and I threw him over the top of the car. And I got on top of him. I leaned on top of him. I popped, popped my fingers in his eyes. But his eyes popped. You know, like the old Vincent Price moves with the, the blade. Like it the, comes out all, and yeah, all, the, all the blood was, was coming out. His fucking eyes on the floor. And I, put, I bashed him all over. He was the top fighter in the area, you know. So yeah, it was a, it was bad, like. It was bad, but... Yeah, but, but he should have ripped that lad off, you know what I mean? But, but I mean, the thing is, he's, he's, he's beat a little kid up nine stone. And he probably weighed about, I don't know, 17, 18 stone. But I weighed 23, 24 stone. Yeah. So it probably evened it out. So, but you've never seen him since. He was the best fighter for like 10, 15 years. Never seen him since. He's gone now. But uh, As a retired tax man, are you worried about something from your past life? No. It's going to come back? Never. Never. I'm always ready. <laughs> Do you get out and about? Do you get challenges by idiots? No, no. You get idiots sometimes. What it is, because I'm so likeable by the people I'm liked a lot by the people because I've done a lot yeah. for the community I don't get that type of stuff and the lads who are the best fighters now who are the top fighters now are friends of mine so uh, even if I did get big one of them would jump in and, and do it you know what I mean because you can go anywhere in your own sound can yeah, you yeah. can do whatever you want it's like certain gangsters you, you've, you've interviewed can't live their life they're looking over the shoulder going to get shot all the time and you know what I mean you know what I'm on about and did you watch uh, our interview with Blink? Ian Blink MacDonald from Scotland with a big scar down his face. No, I've never seen that one. Danny Dyer's deadliest, uh, he was going to be on that, they sent the team up to Scotland. Yeah, they asked me to go and I told them to fuck off. And, and they, <laughs> there was a, they found a bomb under his car. So right. They, they fucked off back to London. Right. He wouldn't even put him on, the deadliest man. Yeah, yeah. He asked me to go on that, I wouldn't go on that. Cause I, but he, I, I, I think he was like, calling Peter wasn't he a bit, he was a bit... And I didn't like the look of him. Not like you, lads. And yeah. You can tell you good lads, but I knew he was a slink. And plus, plus, <laughs> plus, 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 right? He fucking disrespected the Elvis's wife, didn't he? Do you know what I tell you? Oh, I disrespect you, swearing at her and all sorts. You don't see it on there, Jonathan Rothschild. No. I'd have been there. I strangled him. You know, yeah, he was being, he was cheeky and swearing and being horrible and obnoxious and and the, like the Elvis's wife. I thought that. I'm trying to get a box went all the way with Tyson. It's in the Yeah, it was in one. Yeah, Paul Christian Smith, yeah. What do you think of Klitschko's fight in style, the Klitschko brothers? What, now or before? When they were champs. They were all right, but they weren't, they weren't, they weren't like the Tyson, whether like the Tyson, the Mike Tyson type of stuff, and the Lennox Lewis was better. Yeah, Tyson was just classic, wasn't he? Oh, just bam, phenomenal. Bam. I liked him, though. I liked him. My, fav- my favourite was, uh, I've had the Holyfield. Because he was, he was only 13, stole something. I'm no disrespect to him, Evander, if you're listening, but you did take steroids to get bigger. There's no doubt about it. You did take growth hormone. And nearly all these top boxers are taking growth hormone because it's undetectable and it rips them to bits. And they're not, nearly all, all these top athletes... They'll deny it, will they? Of course they will, but nearly all these top athletes are breaking records. Are taking, I know top athletes, with friends, yeah. a couple of friends, and I know certain ones who are buying steroids off my friends, you know what I mean? So you get steroids now, you can have injection, now we'll hit out your system. So you can't I don't know, Jim, it's 
you say you're taking steroids, and they say so, like, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But I suppose if you're doing it as a sport, you can actually get banned now, can't yeah, you? Yeah, of course you can, yeah. But it's very hard to detect if you've got a doctor looking after you because, you, like I say, you can take certain steroids where they're not just within an hour. So if you take that steroid and run the race, they're doing that other thing, blood doping, no, they'll take two pints of blood out and then your body reproduces, re- puts the it so it puts that blood back in itself. Yeah. So then you put another two pints in, so you've got an extra two pints. What that does gives you more oxygen for rune. So they're doing all sorts of tricks now. They're into all sorts. So you mentioned some famous gangsters like Viv and Duffy. Um, did you interact with any other famous gangsters over the years? Like, did you see like anyone like Bronson in prison, anything like that? Well, he write, he'd written to me, and I did a book for him, didn't I? I did a book, uh, Charlie Bronson book. Right, I tell did, us about that. Oh, didn't you know about that? Oh, no. You haven't done your own work, you have, <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah, I did a book for Charlie Bronson. It was called Sol- Solitary Fitness. And I'm in there doing all the exercises. Um, I think it sold about 100,000 copies. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, Charlie Bronson, he said, oh, can you get Brian Cotton to do it for me? He, he, he's given me the... I've got the paperwork and stuff in house and, and drawings and everything. What, what, when was that published? Oh, I, I can't think now. Jamie will know. He's, was it a while been, ago? Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. But, I think I got a copy of that. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the back of it doing the exercises. Wow. Yeah, it's a good looking lad at the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the back holding the ball. I've got a ball. I've got solitary fitness across on, 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 on a vest. Yeah. Yeah, I did all the exercises. How did you and Bronson hook up? Well, what happened? See, Richard was doing his book and he said, do you want, who do you want to do it? He said, oh, Brian Cockrell, if you can get him. So, but... It, He's a lovely man, but I just don't think he'll get out myself. I think he's just... I'm usually proud of my research. How the fuck are I going to miss a book? slipping. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in about 30 pictures of me showing these exercises, but yeah. truth be told, you could get that size like me for, without fucking taking steroids and fucking eating like the way I've done. You couldn't do that in a, in a cell. It's just no. it's impossibility, mate. It's no way. You're still eating... Like twenty. Um... I have I have ten meals a day. I have six meals and I have full protein drinks. So I just have more little than off every two or three hours. How many calories a day now? About seven, six or seven thousand. But I was, you I were was, up to like twelve or thirteen. Weren't you? Yeah, I was up to, once. I was up to twenty thousand when I was going. Twenty thousand calories 000. a day. Yeah, I was taking ten pints of milk a day. Fucking then there's, there's four thousand calories alone. Do you know what I mean? So sugar puffs. Yeah, sugar puffs. I was, I was having all sorts. But all powerlifters do. You just need the weight on because the bigger the, the more weight you are, the more you can lift. Yeah. But it, it, it affected me because I got I ended up a gallbladder out because um, I drink that much milk. I ended up with gall, gall, I didn't have gallstones. I had, I had gallstones, but they were there not with with, with hard water. They were through the milk. Mm. Ah, right. And when they gave me an X-ray, they couldn't find them. So I'm really clued up. I mean, my doctor asked me how to trade, and I'm teaching him. He's going, "You know more about it than me. And I'm a GP, you know, like that." So. Yeah. Do you like um like oily fish like mackerel? Yeah, the good yeah things like that. Yeah, yeah. Go see that stuff, yeah. 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 One of the best Whenever things. Never go Portugal. I always get the mackerel, yeah. uh, the sardines. It's like when you take vitamins. If you take vitamin D, if you take four thousand IU's a day, it raises your natural testosterone. But you've got to take it with a cod liver oil or a, some type of oil because when you take it normal, you yeah. digest ten percent. But with the oil, it's, it, it it digests better, sixty-seven percent. So. Natural, vitamins are good for you certainly vitamin C you can only take vitamin C like say you've got to take it three times a day because when you go you have to take it as soon as you've got the toilet you pee out so it's the only vitamin you can't store in your body got you so if you're feeling down and 
down vitamin B12 is good because that gives you more red blood cells it, it raises yeah. them but you want to take that in the morning but and if you if you suffer from restless legs and things like that uh, magnesium that's be, what I get restless legs I've got that yeah yeah terrible. I also it's like my legs are um, I actually seen the doctor just a week about it he's giving me some water pills for it yeah they're huge. They just, they just, just swell water. water. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just water, that. Yeah. And, and my feet as well. But if I rest them up, they're all right. Yeah. But all right, I, I mean, a lot of it's my weight. Yeah, When I got out of prison, I was 18 stone. Yeah. And now, since I've been married, there's no excuse, but I, I'm probably about 25 and a half stone. Now. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like I haven't been working out or anything, you no. know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just you get into a habit as well. When you eat more, your body, your belly stretches. So yeah. when you eat normal bit of food, you don't feel hungry. You, you feel well, hungry. Don't yourself. eat that much. That's yeah. the worst yeah. of it. Is yeah. I get up yeah. and have a couple of rounds of peanut butter and toast. Yeah, and I'm good. But see, what people do? The secret is what people do is people get up in the morning. They have they have they have, they have a cup of tea. Yeah, and they'll go to work and they'll have a, a slice of bread, like a sandwich, pack of crisps, tin of coke. And they'll go home and go, right, I'll have chicken curry fried rice three times. But he's doing it backwards, so what you're supposed to do is eat like a king in the morning, yeah, a prince in the afternoon, and a pauper at tea time, because it's back to front. You're thinking about you've been in bed all night, so you need food in you. And if you're going to eat... it that way. Yeah, you, you need food in you. First thing in the morning, have a massive breakfast, you've got all day then to bed it off. But the good thing is, if you're going to eat anything on the night, don't eat any carb carbohydrates after 8 yeah. o'clock, because you... You see, when you when you're eating protein, it takes it takes three hundred calories to digest. Even when you eat food, it takes two hundred calories to digest carbohydrates. It takes three hundred for protein. protein. So if you eat more protein, then you don't you, you yeah. don't put as much weight on. But with the protein on the night, if you eat it, like your eggs and even like low fat milks and things like that, you're better having proteins on the night than carbs because carbs are the one that put the weight on you. Had carbs spike your sugar. You say. I like a lot of eggs. You feel like refried beans and eggs and tortillas and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I'm not doing this for Sean, I actually think it's just with my dad. Yeah. And the first thing we do is stop off at a bussy van. Yeah. But it's like, it's not really healthy, is it? You know what I mean? Sausage and egg buffies. No, I, I like the Carberries, mate. The Carberry up now. Oh, um, yeah. I do one. There's a girl one there. She's called Sally. She's got one. At, I bet all the, all the you can eat, I bet they hate you there, don't they? <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you the truth, the other day, and I sat there for over an hour, I was like, where the fuck's this food? Mm. Didn't realise you went numbed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like a right lemon. I said, we sat there over there, and I would have still been fed. You go over there and help yourself, she said. <laughs> yeah, I call her Sally. She's got the uh, a place in there, just off, just in Ingleby Barwick. It's like a farm farm place. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. But I want to drop the weight. It's just, it's when I'm carrying the worktops and all that and the units, it's kind of, you know, going through the fucking door and I've got a worktop, I get past stuck, you know what I mean? I actually get stuck in the fucking door, wedged. It makes you sweat an awful lot, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you sweat a lot when you've got weight on it. It makes you sweat. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So to young people watching this who are tempted to get into the lifestyle, oh. what would you say to them? My, my advice to you is this. What it is, all this gangster stuff, you might, we're all laughing and joking here and everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm like... I'm, I'm, I'm like a sieve me. If I drink a bottle of water, there's holes all over me where the, where the bullets have been at me. That I've been hit with hammers, with bars. I mean, I've had shotguns put on me. I've the, the, the jail. I've nearly been killed. I don't know how many? I should have been killed a thousand times, but somehow I'm still here. But to tell you the truth, an average bin man, an average shopkeeper, somebody who works in a, in McDonald's, 
makes more money than a career criminal. Because a career criminal can only do it for so long. What they do is they'll go and baggle someone, baggle someone, get caught, go to jail. Now, if you're making four hundred pound a week, which is twenty grand a year, and say a baggler gets five years, you've lost the they've lost. The, you're not going to make a hundred grand baggling, but you will if you're working. Now, if you're working even as a bin man, which is a good job, you're going home, you're feeding your family, you're paying your bills, you're getting yourself out. You've got no police at the door, you've got no gangsters looking for you. And you can just live a nice life. But the most important thing in the world is your health. Because without your health, you can't do nothing. Yeah. And the second most important is your brain. You've got to have intelligence. I said, so the most important thing is education, education, education. But people out there with mental illness, don't sit suffering in silence. There's people out there who will help you. And if anybody needs to help me, the Resurrection of Brian Crockles, my webpage on the, uh, the, the Facebook, I'll help anyone. And um, another thing is, like I say, just uh, when you start training, it automatically helps you with natural endorphins. It makes you feel better. You get a bit of a high. When do you see miserable sportsmen? They're always smiling and laughing and joking. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I advise is just don't. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds glorified. It sounds... And don't get me wrong, people have had laughs doing that life. But it's it's a mug's life in a way. It is because you're, right. not, you're not going anywhere by it. And I, I advise, just like Brian said, and I'd pick a book up, learn computers, or if you're into sports and you're hyperactive, True, yeah. take up boxing or say, take up something where you can get rid of your energy, yeah. and you put the right way. Yeah, yeah. It's like, an, an, yeah. I'd rather have not much money in my pocket and my bills paid for and food on my table than nice. having a bigger load of money in my pocket and being like I am for the day in the pub. Yeah, you don't get and looking anywhere. over your shoulder for all the time, yeah, and, and worrying who's going to come and what's this going to happen, who's going to get that. At least if you've got a couple of bucks, as long as, what you've got to be in life is contentment. Yeah, you don't have to be rich, you don't have to be a millionaire. Look at these millionaires, you know, you, you Michael Jackson's and and Robin Williams and all them type of people who've, who've killed themselves for, because of depression. You know what I mean? So it's not all about money. And, you you know, can have all your fancy meals in the world, but beans on sauce is as nice as anything. Of course it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're tempted to deal drugs as well, yeah, no, that's an open, them. open door to Brian kicking your door in, yeah. wild man kicking your door in. It's not going to be so glamorous when no, one of these guys no. arrives at your door. It's not just that uh, as well. 90% of people who sell drugs, you'll say the same, I'll tell the truth. He doesn't like it, I don't like it. No. What do you do if you sell drugs? You end up taking them, don't you? Of course you do. Scarface is law, yeah. yeah. You just can't help it. So and why should people read your new book, Brian? Because it'll educate them. It'll educate them uh, because the first book was more about violence and stuff and glorifying it, but we don't want to glorify it because it's not there to be glorified. I did that book with um, Stephen Richards, and to be quite honest, I was off the end that much, and the drugs, I didn't even proofread it. So he just put loads of things in it, weren't even true, some of the things, you know, so... Uh, this book will be read, but obviously Jamie's a different person and uh, you type of guys, I mean, people like you now, people yeah. who are sensible and he's been there, you know what you're talking about, I know what I'm talking about and I can't sit here and hoodwink you too because you're professionals, this is what you do for a living but you get people just talking crap, you know, you know. Uh, it's easy to you, it. oh, oh, I love being a villain, all these ones that do that are just not, they're either mentally they're ill. They're not making anything. And they're, oh, they're nothing and they're trying to be something yeah. and they're nobody's. You know, the loudest ones, the ones you don't worry about the loud mouths, you don't worry about no. the quieter person in the no. corner. No, yeah, it's like the loudest man in the room is usually the one who can't yeah, fight. Yeah, can't fight. Yeah, so if you've enjoyed this video, 
You can click down below into the description box, Brian's book, all the links to Brian's socials. You can go down there, contact him. Please put your comments below and if you've liked it and let us know what you think about it. If you've got any more questions for Brian, put them down there. Also, huge thank you to all the new subs. Subs have gone over 300,000 recently. Subscription logo is in the bottom right-hand corner of this video. If you've not subscribed yet, please subscribe to the channel. Huge shout out to all the people who've donated on Patreon, PayPal, Just Giving, so we can keep producing these podcasts at the high quality in the studio. It's thanks to you guys out there supporting us. And a huge thanks to Brian, too. I've been a personal fan for many, many years. And I really have. I've looked yeah. up to Brian. Yeah, he's been talking yeah, about yeah, it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. 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 so it's, it's, a really it's, it's an honour to come today and thank you for the opportunity to, to try and get my point across to people, to try and help people. Out You're more than welcome anytime, yeah, yeah, anytime yeah, at all yeah. you want to come. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.